0: So go on, Laura. Oh, uh,
1: about Ronan. Yeah. Um, so we were taking my older cat Vengeance to the vet, and we found him, um, Ronan, in the middle of the street. I we were just driving and. Was, I almost hit him, dude. Oh, like, he was oh, just was like, like fucking winter, around. And I, in the middle of the street. I, I yelled out, "Oh look, there's a kitten in the middle of the street! You better stop!" And uh, he he didn't run out of the street or anything he was just sitting there just like fucking around and he
0: was just rolling around yeah Yeah. Yeah. like a fucking idiot and uh then we got him out of the street and our older our oldest cat was like having like kidney failure so we were like zooming to the vet you know
1: yeah Um, and he's fine now um he's the one that you have heard on some podcasts uh he's fucking around upstairs you've heard him on some podcasts begging for
0: food for sure um, he screeches dude he does like pterodactyl vocals it's pretty great
1: but like anyway so i was i was at the vet with uh vengeance and andrew went back to check on this little guy
0: and... yeah because there was three of them oh wow. and they were it was weird because they were all hanging out together but they're all they were all different breeds
1: oh huh. yeah and
0: i tried to because I, I was going to bring all three of them to the vet just to see if they were microchipped or anything and yeah, they like that coat man two of they them really two that. the two of them that um, it's got
2: four cats worth of theft on it right now yeah. <laughs> three from last night and one but
0: he was the only one i could grab the other ones like rant so it was so sketchy dude because like um it, it was on the north side which is like kind of a sketchy part but and we're from chicago so this is just like a normal neighborhood of Chicago, basically. Yeah. But you know, whatever. It's not an excuse to be stupid or anything, but, like, they were in front of this house. The front door was wide open. It was, like, nighttime, and all the lights were out. So I was like, I don't know if I want to, like, go, like, chase after these cats in this person's backyard or in their house. Like, fuck that. I, like, knocked on the door, and I was like, hey, are these your cats out here? And, like, nobody answered, and... Like, this isn't, like, the worst neighborhood, but it's not a neighborhood where you just, like, leave your front door. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. there was it, I understand.
1: there Just, was like no reason to like go in the house or anything like it
0: wouldn't have yeah been. fuck that I'm not about to walk into somebody's house in this in this neighborhood you know but uh yeah so he was the only one I could grab and since he's so tiny even still like he's I think he's like almost two he yeah he's, he's, like, a, he's like he's 18 definitely months, grown yeah. he was and he's about still like, that tiny so he was I think about he's a six months yeah.
1: he was about six months when we when we grabbed him I
0: think a breeder just dumped all the runts is my guess but
1: yeah something shitty like that just
0: um, fucked
2: up well you know there's so many feral cats in the city too it's like that's oh,
1: crazy dude
0: I heard Saint Paul is worse and Cat, he wasn't cats
2: breed and and, and he know, wasn't neutered live in neighborhoods and stuff he wasn't
1: but, neutered he had a my cat was a stray.
2: He got picked up and dumped off at the Gold Valley Humane Society.
0: Are you? And do you live uh, uh, on the north side? No, northeast, northeast. Northeast. All right. I think yeah. I think somebody mentioned that once.
2: And then, um, but yeah, he was a uh, he's super friendly. I mean, the, the family that that found him and took him in said like right off the bat they got along with their cat and dog. That he and, and then when they brought him to the Humane Society. It,
0: really yeah, super friendly he's, with everybody he was like very oh, friendly we was very with him, loving we, we were um, gonna cut it cut it off at two cats but oh he was just like so adorable he's like the cuddliest cat ever I had three cats for a long time yeah <laughs> so and the, the two girls like two girls
2: were bonded and then I had my big giant fluffy boy cat that uh he was kind of he was the loner but they, they you know, unless it was cold and they all wanted to cuddle up to him Sure, yeah. She was the size of both of them together. That's like yeah.
0: Vengeance's designated role in the winter for sure. What would you think of that theme song? I should probably mention it because um, this is the first time I've put it in like not in post. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, that was me on guitar and vocals and Jonathan Roll did, uh, oh, he did programming on it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So that was that was just programmed drums too? Yeah.
2: Wow. Yeah. It, it sounded... Pretty freaking organic.
0: Yeah right. Yeah, I don't know if anyone. Well, I suppose
2: to Jonathan too. He, he knows what the hell he's doing.
0: Well, so we always do this kind of like where we just kind of babble for a while, yeah. and then like maybe we may or may not cut whatever we were talking about okay. out. But um, so this is Rika podra Faction. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And our our special guest. I'm Nick. Oops. Fuck that. I don't want that. I put metronome on. <laughs> uh, some to going at 200 there. beats per minute. I'm trying to get it to uh trying to get it to show the time but whatever fuck it. oh here it is
1: time okay
0: yeah so swedish death metal is going to be this episode um i wanted to have you on what's obviously... all that shit i don't know dude hold on yeah i wanted to have you on specifically because you play in Mordrot, which is our favorite uh death metal band in minneapolis oh thanks so the way the way we usually do it we'd start off with um just kind of like a musical history you'd go into like your very first like kind of intro to music like Like, how you
1: got into metal and stuff
0: yeah but i mean you can you can go as far back or whatever as you want and then um just to where you are like from there to where you are now with like kind of an emphasis on like the various bands that you've been and usually i'll like i'll put in like uh in the background i'll like fade in and out of of the various bands you talk about Um... Yeah, I uh, I
2: started young, like with music, um, not metal per se, but like Weird Al Yankovic was my absolute favorite, still love Weird Al, um, I, I like comedy a lot, so, but, you know, all of that was kind of just rock and roll songs and pop songs of the era, and then it kind of, I loved oldies, I love you know, like 50s and 60s rock and roll and stuff like that,
0: Tom Jones, dude, I used to bump Tom Jones as a which, little kid. Which
2: yeah. was weird. It's it's funny that I, and I really liked the like the protest folk rock stuff of like the late sixties too. And like as a kid I was obsessed with the Vietnam War. It's weird. I'm like a reincarnated vet or something. It's just Um But that was literally the catalyst, like going from Weird Al and Oldie's station to listening to the Beatles, to like Faith No More, because Faith No More was weird, and it was getting heavier, and I was like, oh, I kind of like this heavier guitar sound and drums. And then, you know, and then this this is very anticlimactic with my foray into metal, the uh, the video for Enter Sandman came out. Sure, sure, yeah. (laughs) The black album, you know. That
0: probably introduced a lot of people to metal.
2: I think it did. It put it, I mean, it really brought metal to a mainstream level, like a huge, like, pop mainstream metal but that was uh I, I couldn't get enough of it I was like holy crap this is this is my thing now you know you know I, I shouldn't gloss over the fact too I listened to a ton of 80s hip-hop when I was a kid also like that was I think that's why I gravitated again and like towards um rhythms more than like I'm, I'm not a lead player at all so like everything is rhythm for me you know and song structure but uh yeah there was Metallica and then At the same time, when that came out, like Nirvana and Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, so I was getting into all that stuff. But I found myself liking uh, My Cousin Bought Bleach by Nirvana on cassette because they were sold out of Nevermind. And I ended up liking that way more because, like, well, this is heavy and dirty-sounding, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't Smells Like Teen Spirit. It's like, you know, you have Negative Creep and Floyd the Barber and these songs that were almost, um, sludgy and then finding out later that you know the album was heavily influenced by celtic frost and slayer you know for nirvana
0: well, yeah nirvana has like uh like surprisingly like heavy guitar tone for like the kind of music that
2: yeah and use. i mean that's you know that's that's been a desert island record for me forever but again you know it's, it's all focused on songwriting over you know flash and uh but the biggest Move for me into things that were faster, heavier. Started getting into the death metal, and um, this is why this came up on Facebook the other day. Someone posted about uh, Sepultura, arise.
1: Oh yeah.
2: And watching and sure. Headbangers Ball, the old Headbangers Ball on MTV, and I saw the video for Dead Embryonic Cells, and I was like, Holy shit, what is this? Like that changed right. everything at that point. So then uh, became a huge Sepultura fan. And that just kind of got me going, like, oh, man, like as far as guitar playing going, like trying to write faster and heavier and, um, you know, getting away from accessible metal sounds into, you know, the more, the deeper underground stuff. And then at the same time, I started hearing like Morbid Angel and Entombed and Carcass and, you know, I'll call it kind of classic stuff. But this was because I'm, you know, I'm going to be 41 here. I, I didn't hear Entombed until Wolverine Blues. I didn't hear Carcass until Heartwork. I didn't hear, you know, obviously Sepultura until Arise, you know, so all... That's um, the stuff
0: that probably would have been getting played, like, on MTV e- and...
2: Exactly, that was, that was my era of stuff, so I, I didn't know that there was Left Hand Path, and I didn't know there was Clandestine, and I didn't know there was, like, an Everflowing Stream, and, and Symphonies of Sickness, and Rika Putrefaction, and... Uh, I, I didn't know all that stuff existed i just knew it was like oh this stuff's heavy and things are like getting tuned down to b and i'm like holy crap this is you know there's blast beats and this shit and but that that was uh it kind of started the whole affair and then i you know i, I kind of started getting away from the grunge stuff get more into the death metal and um but i had my teenage years i just you know i just learned and play what i could you know and still continue like i mean i think i knew a riff from every single metallica song if i didn't know the whole thing you know and didn't really do any bands until uh later in high school um i i joined up with, with a friend last minute at some talent show to freaking play a second guitar for him and his brother's band and that you know, was like my first experience on stage nervous as hell but uh, i mean it was fun i was like oh, i know this is something i wanted to do and then um Ended up joining another friend's band. It was a grunge band. So I went back to that whole thing. Did that for a while. You know, just played parties for our friends and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, this like I really, I knew that at that point, like at 17, like, yeah, I want to do this, but I wasn't writing at the time. You know, I was just playing everybody else's stuff. So, uh, but it took a long time. It wasn't until I was 20 that like, I finally joined a band. Finally started writing music, then turned twenty-one, played like my, my first live show ever. You know, it was at seven. You know, like real show at a bar. You know, at Seventh Street Entry. And that was when I uh, started doing new metal. <laughs> so yeah, that's it. And, you know, the funny thing is too is like when I got into new metal and all that stuff. Like I never stopped listening to death metal. Never stopped listening to Weird Al.
0: What and, year was this around?
2: Oh, this was probably. Yeah, around 18 so seven yeah because i don't think there was much exposure Yeah, when i was 17 like corn was just going i remember seeing them with like sick of it all and orange nine millimeter at first dab, and i was like oh this is kind of neat but literally you know like so listening to corn but then listening to morbid angel like back to back you know <laughs> like that kind of stuff um but and i started meeting people who were into new metal and they just seemed to be more friendly a lot of the death metal people i knew from the 90s that's not surprising yeah yeah. (laughs) the let's let's say like the death metal folks and black metal folks i met in the 90s weren't exactly the warmest human beings i ever was around um which is funny because like meeting them again years later after everybody kind of grew up a little bit it's a different story
1: i mean if online metal forums or say anything about it then like
0: Oh, the I'm
2: so glad I didn't have a computer or any of that stuff. <laughs> I don't think I would have been able to handle it. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was it was fun. I had a blast, you know. I was playing dumb songs tuned to, like, A and, you know, all bouncing around like idiots and guitars slung as low as I could actually play You know, as low as I could play it. And But, and you know, then it was, it, was, it was about partying as much as it was about music. So, a lot of Jägermeister. Ugh. Yeah, I'm glad I don't drink anymore. <laughs> but yeah, and then after that, after I got through the new metal phase, I was like, I don't, I don't want to play this anymore. I still haven't done the kind of music I want to do, and um, you know, jam with some friends. That didn't, you know, that didn't happen. We didn't, never got out of the basement kind of thing after that. And then I end up joining a band called Dwelling, and. Uh, which was fun um but again I took over the guitar position and learned all the old songs so I was playing somebody else's music again and then uh I wrote a few songs for the band and uh definitely dated sounding material because that's when I started kind of like getting into like martyr AD and stuff like that so um metal chorus type things uh, but like tuned to drop a so it's almost like disembodied it's metalcore well disembodied i guess is metal i don't know freaking subgenres <laughs> but yeah it wasn't until after the, the we left dwelling and um started my assist and that's when i started writing for me and like started like trying to write death metal with a lot of thrash elements um you know, I just I just everything fast bass, D beats, blast beats, tons of double bass. Um, still kinda of figuring out what my style was. Um again like they're so lead players play rhythm. And uh it, it, it's just this I'm trying to figure that out and not sound like stuff I'd done before it was kind of difficult and um but it was still it was it was, it was fun you know it's all and error, and uh I didn't feel like till the last couple of years of my assist really started to hone in on on our sound at that point but um you know that band dissolved and that was that was super depressing and, I mean I it dissolved because I quit you know I knew I had to get out of this situation I was just frustrated and then uh you know, it brings us up to like the games of Board Rock. Where um burn our original bass player and the bass player, my original bass player involved before that. We had dabbled with the idea of doing you know, a back to the death uh, model back in two thousand eight. And that's we didn't know how to get the sound at that time. And it was this members last tour. They played at station four. And burn went. I didn't go. burn went and specifically went up front to look at pedals. And he's like, It said old boss heavy metal pedals like the metal though? No? He's like, Oh no, the heavy metal pedal. So I started doing some research and that's when I figured it out. That's when I was like, I put in tomb That's what you. That, that's what this member used. That's not what Braves used. Braves used the DS1. Um, at the gates, they used HM2, but they also took a bunch of other stuff. Well, um, But, yeah, that was like, so I started messing with that sound, but I had no place in My Assist, and then, so after My Assist was done, and Burns said, hey, do you want to do that through stuff?" Hill thing? It was like, end of 2011. And, uh, why not? I mean, let's, let's see what we can come up with. That's we found Brian, and then, uh, um, we found Mitch. I didn't know miss, I knew Brian a little bit. I'll um, try to get Aaron Aaron Wolf a at that time because he had mentioned wanting to do but we could. He was busy, so Brian decided to take over, do uh, guitar and vocals. And then the like, whole more Wolf film started. I don't know, it was kind of... I felt like a fire, I felt like I want, I like, we we blasted out a bunch of songs, we had a deadline from this like uh, Earl Root Root of all evil memorial show coming up, like we have to get a set written and completed in like four months because we're going to play this show and so we just we just practiced and we just freaking kept coming up with song ideas and blasted through all this stuff and uh you know so we had a set we played and not really knowing how this whole like Swedish death thing was going to go over and it was just awesome. It was, it was amazing. I never could have imagined that it would go as well as it did. And uh, we, we gained a ton of momentum over the following month and then, uh, you know, that was like April of 2012 up until the end of 2012 the great local shows, basement shows did some National Act stuff I and mean, opening for Napalm Death was you know when, and not having to do it in a pay to play format like I could you know
1: okay do you guys want to open said, yeah yeah we do
0: <laughs> dude that's awesome well I well, a couple things I wanted to touch on was cause I've been looking through this Swedish death metal book by getting the triple off um, and i just going to keep butchering every Swedish word. And then, he was
2: you know, instrumental in helping me figure out that tone because of the old YouTube yes, demos. that's what I was going to
0: say. <laughs> is because, Oh yeah, because he did that one video. Yep, yep. Just
2: like Just crank it
0: all the way. All yep, the way. That's, oh, that was him? Yeah. <laughs> that's, 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 okay. right. <laughs> that's how I learned <laughs> But um, yeah, it was so funny, man. And, and I don't remember. I think it was... It was one of the dudes and whoever was playing guitar for Nihilist. He he came up with this the HM two thing, and like whoever replaced him after that on the next demo, like they're like I want that tone, and so like because they were like fourteen or whatever, yeah. and he was like, okay, can I can I borrow your guitar? Like they they genuinely thought that <laughs> like they could just use his guitar and get that same sound, and it's like because like you're when you're reading this book, it's just like fucking like you forget that they're all like like some of these guys were like 11 like 11 years old little kids yeah they're all just like
1: kids fucking around and like them just like turning the pedals like i don't really know about pedals a lot i think i think they just like turned turned it all the way up just (laughs) probably because they were kids and like that's how we got the sound yeah that we have today you think
2: football. about it There's no reference material at that point you couldn't just jump on google or find You couldn't me. do youtube or nope, anything. no we just it it you figured it out yourself and then the word of mouth and obviously you know with those bands you know handful of those bands all recording at sunlight studios <laughs> at least people in the know there's like well this is how we got this sound you know, PV solid state action and <laughs> sure
0: so, yeah whatever they could fucking get
2: you yeah know. it's like at, at the gates was the you know that early stuff was hm2 plus uh like how was that fed into like a ds1 or something i don't i think there was one guitar that did that and the other guitar did like a metal zone into yeah <laughs> into, I, it's I just for, i forgot it's what, just this layer of freaking like pedal distortion i
0: forgot what it said it, it did mention that in the book i was flipping through last night it said like like one one channel had like the left and right had the HM two and then the middle channel had like a DS one or something. I don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't really know how how that works. But but
2: that's that's fine. there's a DS one it, and another <laughs> incredible pedal that has its place in Swedish death metal um, and it was also you know um, super important on like the early Nirvana sound, like on on Bleach because that was you know another super heavy tone that i liked and uh, uh, it's i don't know i have one i don't really if you dif-
0: mod that thing it can be like a monster
2: i have an old japanese one so that's one like I, I leave it untouched and it's fun it's yeah i
0: have two of them one of them is modded and one of them's stock but um, my dad like uh is like he's like a just like a fucking genius with anything analog electronics like he can like build tube amps and all yeah, that I stuff i think
2: i remember you saying so about that a long time ago yeah
0: so when when i was st- playing in maggot um i use a metal zone which pretty much everybody hates but he like just modded the shit out of it yeah. and it, it's just like a pretty crushing tone out of that um out of that Ampeg v4 it sounds great yeah it's uh kirk kirk uh, winstein
2: from crowbar uses a metal zone as a boost
0: yeah, which is he yeah, yeah. doesn't use any of the
2: gain on it. Um, all the EQ is uh, at twelve o'clock, and then it's
0: just the level is cranked. Because that thing can totally sound like a can of bees if you're not, oh, yeah. if you're not using it right. But and the the like mid range is like so sensitive too. It's My first ever distortion pedal was the Dod Thrash Master,
2: and that thing was a can of bees. Total. And the I've heard. A demo where somebody did the um, the DoD like American metal pedal or something like that and completely nailed the HM2 buzzsaw sound on it. Wow. And it just went, this is incredible. Um, you know, and in my search for tone, I have gone, as uh, since I started using the HM2, I started on a Mesa triple rectifier and then a Laney. Um, the hell was like a gh50 you know all tube stuff and then i got my soldano and that was <laughs> the basis there was like this very articulate you know clean platform and like not clean as in you know like clean tone but like um it, it was finding a distorted sound that you could hear everything every note and then completely butchering it with an HM2 in front. Right, yeah. That's <laughs> how you do it, man. And, uh, that, that was that's what I ended up figuring it out. Um, and then now, like, these, you know, we're gearing up for that show next Friday, and, uh, I haven't even been using my HM2 in these past few band practices, because I just bought the TC Electronic iMaster pedal. I don't know that one.
0: That is... You're 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 way more of, like, a gear person I'm a than me. The, 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 i a nerd about this. I always go to you with any kind of... <clears throat> <laughs> vaguely re- gear related question because i don't know as much but.
2: so tc electronic basically they made a two knob hm2 sweet and it's the eye master it's in the entombed like wolverine blues logo oh, and the song i master and it's just distortion and level and then the, in, internally the eq is fixed to complete buzzsaw
0: there's been a lot of those kind of like HM2 clones that like try to update it and stuff. Yeah. I don't know how much better any of them are. But... Uh,
2: I don't know. My experience is not. But for uh, 50 bucks, you can buy that TC Electronic one
0: and it's yeah, amazing. Right. $50. Like... Dude, it's crazy how, mu- how much more expensive the HM2 yeah. has gotten. Cause oh. When I was first getting into Swedish Death Metal, which you know relatively wouldn't have been that long ago maybe like 10 years ago 2009 like they were like 30 bucks on ebay and now they're like 120 bucks i don't know
2: the the last one i bought um i had a four i sold three of them um i kept the one japanese one i love the most Uh, and it's probably just you know a mental thing it it probably doesn't totally sound different at all um i bought that for 60 bucks at music around
0: yeah right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's cheap.
2: I seen it for like two hundred. I I had that Lone Wolf Audio uh, Left Hand Wrath.
0: That's supposed to be the best of the clones. I hated it. Really? I yeah. absolutely
2: hated it. I was like, nope, this this is not, you know. And set it where I was supposed to to get the sound, and it was so noisy. Um, you know, this was this was recommended settings. And I was like, nope, this 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 I gotta sell this. And it went back to the boss, and then because the tc electronic one was so cheap i figured i'll just give it a try brought the band practice and went yep this is awesome i'm gonna use it for the show next week like i just
0: yeah we'll be there i can't wait to hear it um uh, but you okay so we we went off on a tangent uh, but i think it's an important tangent we should talk about the hm2 if we're doing a swedish stuff on oh course. yeah but you were talking about opening for uh napalm death i think is where you oh yeah yeah
2: that yeah, was cool uh this one station four was still open um The tour was Napalm Death, Municipal Waste, and Exhumed. and What year was this? 2012. Okay. So, I think it was like the beginning of November 2012. And the deal with that show was... uh, Municipal Waste wasn't going to be on that particular show because they had some event in Chicago, I believe. (laughs) So they wanted a couple locals to open to help fill out the bill um and since uh brian did a lot of work with station four and then eli from daigoro did a lot of work at station four they like they approached them first you know say hey we'll give you guys and your bands the chance um if you guys want to open and then none of that leo presents pay to play stuff like just like yeah no you just that's it you do not like tickets just open like yeah of course well then they wanted to get a third band again because municipal waste was not was supposed to not play that show and so we all recommended agitate so they were the last band to get asked and um yeah so it was, it was gonna be agitate Mord wolf you know before the name changed Daigoro, exhumed napalm death that order and uh time went on we weren't supposed to announce anything <laughs> that was that was the key point everything's kept real quiet um agitate jumped the gun and announced their opening and then as shortly after that uh plans changed municipal waste was going to play the show so they had to drop one of the locals agitate got dropped they were you know last band to get asked so this created uh just a massive headache with some of the and not with agitate those guys are freaking awesome but there was other people involved that just like started shouting conspiracy about it and freaking um created a huge issue which it it almost ruined the show for me um just because there was months of internet shit talking about this stuff and it's like no matter how many times I tried to explain it to somebody, like, this is how it happened. Nobody, they got fucked over because one of the headliners came back to be on the show. Like, that was it. Nothing to do with anything Right, and yes. the last band to get asked. Right? Yeah, Something and it was like the last that. band to get asked, you know, and that's just how, you know, it sucks. And, you know, we'd there had been discussion about, like, can we shorten our sets to let them play you know and they're like no we can't do that
0: was <laughs> it like a venue decision or was it like yeah this
2: conference? was with tour management from um from that tour with the owner of station four trying to figure out what to do because they i mm-hmm. actually like a steve from station four he didn't want anybody to get screwed over like they right. was, we tried um but then uh, uh he, he who will not be named was the one um another ex-local radio person started shouting conspiracy and creating a bunch of drama and uh, basically pitting people against each other was real shitty but time went on show day finally happens and it ends up just being amazing like just it was incredible incredible show like we 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 played first you know we're 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 setting up like they're letting people in and you know so it's like we literally have to like doors open and we literally have to start playing like a couple minutes after people start trickling in and there's like few people first song a few more people second song and then i'm not paying attention to anybody anymore and i look up and i think third end of the third song beginning of the fourth i was like holy shit it's packed in here and we get done playing that song and it goes from like you know 10 people clapping to the entire room like freaking shouting and like I don't think I've ever heard that before playing a gig Like I've never heard audience reaction like that loud and it just it was there was an uh, inex- like I can't I can't explain that experience that feeling like Well, we're doing something right. You know, <laughs> there's there's something going on here We're definitely getting good reaction. We we went over well at that show. We went over well at zombie pub crawl I felt like we were doing something a little, you know, obviously something that had been done freaking 20 years prior, but was kind of newish again, at least locally, um, this is right around that time, that's when I first heard about Horrendous, you know, I was like, oh, this is really cool, there's this other band that's, like, doing what we're doing, like, it's freaking sweet, um, but then at that point, we were like, we need, we decided after that show, we're like, we're gonna take a break, and, uh, go back and write some more stuff, and then... We just, we lost all the steam, all the momentum, everything. We just kind of went, phoom, just fizzled out like a, <laughs> like a, like a bottle rocket that doesn't ignite, you know, you hit the, <laughs> waiting for like the explosion and then nothing. So, um, yeah, there was restructuring, there was, a uh... yeah, um, so you know, we were going to attempt to start writing again and then I don't, I think there's just this frustration because we had all this, like, fire and fuel to, like, get that first batch of songs out. Now we're just kind of... St- I mean, I was struggling musically, for sure, trying to write new stuff. And, um, you know, we'd... Uh, I, th- I can't remember. if This is the point where Brian decided to step down. I-, I think this is when Brian decided to step down from the band. And we ended up getting Jimmy Claypool um, to step in, do the other guitar, and do vocals. Um, and he obviously took him no time at all to learn the songs <laughs> he didn't have an hm him, but i had like i said i had like four hm2s and i like, oh, used to just use one of mine uh and then um then we played a couple shows with them those went went well but you know again like it just whatever that momentum wasn't there anymore like i just like I a lot of it fell on me where i just didn't uh i just didn't have it like of like what, what happened to all this 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 fire and stuff and uh so we ended up just kind of disbanding for a minute i think that was the first name change we went from mord wolf to the hell did we go from mord wolf to like all mord to rotted <laughs> i think it might have been rotted at the time i don't remember <laughs> i said too many fucking name changes um then we get uh brian we decided to try it again and get brian back in the band so, you know, back to me, Mitch, Vernon, and Brian, and uh, pump out a couple more songs, start playing shows again. Things are going a little better, but again, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd practice regularly, and then we'd not practice, and then we'd like, oh, we got a show coming up, we'd practice, but, you know, there wasn't much writing or anything else going on. There wasn't, uh, you know, took for we weren't working on actually doing our own logo you know, because obviously we had been copying, like, the Entomb logo at the time, and... Uh, I think, did we copy the Motorhead logo like everybody else? I don't remember. Um, you know, and then we finally changed the name to Mord Rot, because there was another Mord Wolf from Albany, New York, that had the name trademarked. And we got you know, uh, a, a polite season to desist message from the that guy carl i think was his name um and i was like yeah we, we kind of figured this day was going to come so <laughs> you know that, that's fine we we we'll change the name and change all our accounts and stuff and took a little bit of time to do that and so we changed to mord rot we we're like oh let's keep the first you know keep the mord thing going the wolf thing was a joke because uh, all the wolf bands that came out right, yeah. <laughs> like it was like we weren't serious about this name like <laughs> we were never married to it we're like it's Mord Wolf, Speed Wolf, Power Wolf you know it was like wolf Brigade, Wolfpack,
0: uh, it was like it was name. just it was
2: a joke we weren't you know we never thought like again we, we didn't take this band seriously and I think that might have been part of the problem is we we never took the band seriously and it was all just fun and that's why it made it so <clears throat> easy to do what we did and then we started getting attention, and then started getting nice, you know, better gigs, and all of a sudden it's like, it's serious now, and I, <laughs> it was like, kind of froze up. So, uh, it's like, I, I, I'm a high anxiety person, so like, I need, like, things to be super chill. And um, I think we're kind of getting back to that point now, like, where it's, it's become more relaxed again, and, you know, there's no pressure you know, we we don't play that many gigs. Like, I finally went through and had my hand surgery, so I'm not having pain in my fingers anymore. And yes, uh, you know, we, we got another guitarist. Oh, that's right, yeah, because we, we share was, a guitarist.
0: Yeah, yeah, Aaron. He uh, will,
1: was on podcast he was two. On, yeah. He was on the second episode. Yeah. yeah,
2: I forgot. Yeah, that was that's the other thing. So yeah, we dropped down from a four piece to a three piece. So we uh. We, we we got rid of Vern and um, and then Brian moved to bass and so it's just me on guitar and then Brian doing bass and vocals, then me doing a little bit of vocals, then Mitch on drums still and we weren't even planning on getting other guitarists. Aaron approached us and just said, Hey uh, since I, since Nick can't play in my death metal band, can I play in your death metal band? Oh, was band? that, was that, that the was, trade? That was, we were lit, try- that was literally, what happened. Like, it's in the message thread or That's like. That's so
0: funny, because we were trying to get you on, a uh, bass forever, yeah. yeah.
2: And so, <laughs> so Aaron just, just asked us one day, <laughs> like, yeah, sure, why not?
0: I'm glad <laughs> me annoying the shit out of you was what gave you, uh, Aaron for guitar. That's yeah. so funny.
2: Well, it worked out, at least, in you know. But, um. Yeah, and you guys will have Andy on bass.
0: Yeah, Andy Topaf, uh yeah. formerly of Ethereum. Yeah. yeah, he's
2: pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> he's incredible. He's amazing. Yeah, amazing he's really player. good. Uh,
0: yeah, I'm really. Uh, he's a he's a great fit for sure. Yeah. So um. So where does Despise fit in then?
2: Oh like, yeah, so Despise was um, obviously since we share a drummer, um, we also share a drummer with Person Herder. Uh, we are all sharing a practice space and uh despise had to kick their bass player out at the time who um he was going through some substance abuse issues and stuff and relapse which he's doing great now Just fantastic he's an awesome dude but we all know like how addiction works and shit sucks. Sure, yeah. and uh it just i was just a fill-in. you know i didn't even have gear i had a squire p bass i didn't have an amp and you know i just had all my guitar stuff but interest ask like hey do you want to fill in on base for a couple shows like sure so i started learning this stuff and then
0: so like what what year because you've uh, oh. for as long as i've known the spies
2: yeah so 2013 um like may 2013 i think so mord wolf rot has just had been around for a year a couple months after and then yeah that's when i jumped in with the spies and um I was gonna be temporary. I ended up just loving the bass roll. Uh, I was like, this is, this is cool and burned loaned me. You know, just let me use this bass rig. Um, and I just slowly upgraded. You know, like I uh, put in. And I just like they said, Swire P bass, Doc's electronics sound like shit. But finally, they like, you know, bought Seymour Duncan P bass, pickups and You know, honing my tone and buying cheap bass gear and upgrading that stuff over the years. But I. Uh, I found myself really liking that role as a bassist.
0: Yeah. So Crust bass is probably pretty fun.
2: It's a blast, because, like, I like, can, like uh, you know, trem pick on 115 gauge strings. You guys <laughs> really built up your form. <laughs> did
0: you guys ever play Chicago at all?
2: No. It, we've never, since I've been in Despise, we have not made it out of town.
0: So That's great. Because
2: the Spies played Chicago and Madison and, and Appleton and Milwaukee uh, all before I was in the band, when, when Mike was still on base. And yeah. Like, yeah, was, they went on tour uh, with, like, Rifle Diet. And,
0: because we were all familiar with the Spies in yeah, Chicago. Uh, mo- well, actually, probably because, um, what's your name? And remember. Hannah
2: lived in Chicago for right, years. Right, yeah.
0: And that, and I think I've mentioned this on a different episode, but that was like the first, one of the first, like, punk shows I ever went to was Securicore. Oh. One of her old, that was like a, <laughs> an old, like, uh, anarcho-punk kind of, kind of band. And then she was in Crank. Was she playing bass on Securicore or she was old? I think she was doing well, I'm not sure. I, I would have been, you know, like, 16 years, old, like, 10 or 10 years Yeah. So, yeah, and then she was in Krang after yep. that. Um, and, like, Krang was, like, the fucking, like, trust band in Chicago for a long time. Oh, yeah, they were
2: they were a big deal for a while. Yeah, I, yeah,
0: I used to see them, like, every fucking weekend, that's that would probably But that was... I only really got to know them after she had moved here. Okay. But because we all, like, knew her, and, like, I don't even know, she would, like, uh, like recognize me or anything. But, like, um, maybe she would now because I see her around yeah. like, I don't know if she'd recognize me from back then but um you know so we were you know Despise was like already on our radar because you know she was in Crying Insecure so yeah alright uh well okay we're already pretty far in do you want to do the um the other two segments at the end like we did last time yeah let's do it that way okay cool and you got your three picks right yeah okay um let me pull this up we're just gonna we're just That's gonna play Blind Guardian then. the whole time, yeah. yeah. That, that was like our test for. Uh, All <laughs> right, let me make sure this is working. Oh yeah, good thing we should. Did Blind there. Guardian
2: cover "Kill the King" by a Rainbow? I,
0: don't uh, that. I hope so. Might All right, so else. yeah, whenever you're ready, you can just pull it um,
1: up. Um. Okay. So are are we just gonna go yeah, around?
0: I, I usually go first. I think we should probably have the guest go first. Okay. Yeah. I think we should start. That's a good around.
2: idea. We're, we're starting our music segment. Yeah.
0: Alright. Alright, let like. me,
1: uh, pull up Metallum. I usually,
0: yeah, I usually pull up Metallum, too, just to get any kind of relevant information.
2: Since we're. It will start out faster. Um, interment. After. Uh, I think what's this release in 2016? Sent sure. the Buried. Uh, the first song, Death and Decay, was like.
0: Yeah, just punch it in. Uh, we, we usually don't say what it is either. Oh, really? And we'll say it like, kind of like halfway through the track. Uh. It's fine, it's just not like a rule. because how how jason does it on um on i hate music is he has the track like a surprise he only has him and one other person every episode and like they don't know what the other person's playing and they try to guess but just the way our house is set up like we're pretty much always looking at right computer so play yep and it should just is it recording already
1: yeah it should be okay
0: Yeah, this band rips. They did a split with uh like Funibrarum, right? I saw. I like this band. Yeah, we can talk over. Oh, the okay, music. that's, that's so, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we have it all set up where we can we can talk uh, over it.
2: Oh, no, it's it's funny like this band started out in that same time frame and then just kind of. Was almost non-existent for a number of years and came Yeah, you know.
1: yeah. They, some people, I know, some people like think of internment as like sort of this the new old school death metal, uh, like um, oh,
2: like like, a like Hate Creeper and stuff yeah, like that. Like,
0: they they're, they've been around forever though. But right? yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. I found this band when they did a split with Tina uh, Bararam. I'm trying Just to like
1: uh, trying to find that split.
0: They're kind of like a um, Oh here, like here a finished Death metal worship band from like the two thousands. Okay. They're really good. Yeah, that split was two thousand seven. Two thousand seven, okay. Yeah. And I started getting into Death Metal like two thousand nine,
2: so Yeah, like this album when like, came out wasn't even on my radar, Vern texted me one day and was like, Dude, they, they got new album.
0: We gotta listen to this one. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, totally. they're like the Swedish, uh, newer Swedish yeah. bands. Uh, the swedish
2: But I, I feel like this is, um, I, almost production and sound-wise, I feel like this is in line with this member's last album with their self-titled one back in 08, or it's just making the HM2, like, he's doing its thing, but also, you know, layering other, um, there's gotta be other guitars in there that are, you know, maybe just amp distortion because they're getting a little more clarity out of it. Yeah, right. And just adding that and then bulking up the heaviness of it all.
0: Yeah, because I had an HM2 for a while. I don't know what I don't know what happened to it, but I could never get a good sound out of it. I just got the cannabis thing.
2: Did you ever, uh, did you run it on 9-volt or run, um, uh, adapter?
0: Probably an adapter. And, and the
2: Thing with the old boss stuff, um, the old ASA adapters, like produce the correct voltage, but the new, like nine volt adapters, like you know, one spots and like current style. Yeah, that's probably what I was. Thinking. And, and so what happens is it, the way it uh, it processes, it, it ends up pointing at, like six and a half volts. So it's it's like a decaying nine volt. is the sound oh, you're weird. getting. So you either have to like like an uh, like you know the big power brick thing like Voodoo Labs deal. Like I have, I have a switch to the 12 volt setup, which gets you in that 9 volt range in the pedal itself. Otherwise, you have to daisy chain it off by like a a Boss tuner or, or um, you know any anything that has a anything Boss that has a you know power out on it will change the voltage to make it uh, work with that H2 it's such a pain in the ass again stuff yeah, I, I never heard that I'd play these things at home on 9 volt and go this sounds great and then I would bring it to practice and plug it into my one spot and it would sound like shit and yeah. i get so pissed off and I could never figure out what the problem was until that happened so then for a long time I was it on 9 volt batteries and that's basically what I do now, like, because I don't lug my board around anymore. So I'm just like, oh, I need
0: it. Yeah.
2: But, uh, like, so that PC electronic iMaster, that runs off the barn. <laughs> so it's
0: nice, yeah, nice and yeah. easy. It's convenient. <laughs> Are there members of Enchant Nerd in other bands that there? We I know Whatever I've dealt that far into it. We're, like, nerds for Encyclopedia and
2: it's funny. It's like I'll look stuff up. I just don't retain it unless I'm like you know trying to freaking vet fans so that I think might be sketchy. Then I'll remember the sketchy people yeah, and totally. yeah.
0: yeah. yeah it. We're like, oh yeah, that's a good fan. Yeah, there's uh, a shit. lot of yeah. set necks. Um. Uh, demonical Uncanny uh... Regurgitate Oh, who's, in... who's the guy from Regurgitate? Oh, okay, I think it's Interplay.
1: Entombed AD, but not Entombed. Um, um, Entombed AD
0: blows. What are your yeah, thoughts on it, Entombed AD? I, n-
2: I listened like the first single they put out after they went with the Entombed AD and I went, that's okay. Um, but it was not really interested in it uh, i like you know as far as, as like lg patroff stuff i'd rather listen to uh his other band like fire spawn or whatever oh yeah yeah like that, that uh, i dig that more
1: yeah and tomb daddy just kind of made me sad yeah
0: i don't i don't like it
1: okay laura you're up all right my pick yeah. okay. Ugh.
0: Um, remind me to make a a new tab for, um...
1: Okay, I'll just, I'll just make it now. Yeah, I saw that.
0: That's weird. Live
1: Catatonia.
0: Oh, I thought you said Anatomia.
1: Alright, so I'm gonna do... What? Shit, which song was I gonna pick? Uh, check the... Oh, Audio Hijack. Just make sure, yeah. It's recording. Okay. Here we go. So, this band is Abha. I'm wondering if I know who this is. And, like, I thought they were interesting because they, like... At some points in the song, they do have the Swedish sound, but they also sound kind of Florida-y. Huh. So, it's kind of weird. But, yeah, um,
0: I mean, this is already slower than, it, than uh, Swedish left metal gets a lot of the time.
1: Yeah. But, um, they have members of, uh... Of a few bands. Um...
0: Do you want formally, me to... Okay, go ahead. And then I'll read out of the Swedish stuff on a book. Yeah,
1: formerly, they had members, uh, a member of Necrophobic, and and they had, their guitarist was in At The Gates. Uh-huh. I feel like
0: At The Gates is such an incestuous band, Like they're all so <laughs> many other things. Yeah,
2: for sure. Uh, and, like, the... Uh, huge influence they had on, like, American Metalcore.
0: Oh, yeah, dude. Like, monstrous influence. I had a guy at my work who was, like, he was telling me what kind of metal he likes, and he mentioned Bullet from my Valentine, and I was like, I've got something for you, and I put on Slaughter of the Soul. they like, here's some gateway drug for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well... It's like probably, a reverse gateway drug. Yeah, get him back. Yeah. Well, gone like, too
1: far, man. I, I'm... My, uh, main interest as far as, uh, uh like old school death metal is Swedish death metal. I'm I'm really into most. Like I like Finnish too, but like I really like Swedish old school. Um, not melodic as much, unless it's like kind of like dissection worship, kind of blackened.
0: Um, I I love the uh, the Gothenburg mellow death stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of like I mean uh, like early in flames. So. Uh, you
2: know, it there's, 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 there seems to be, I, I haven't listed like, anything off of, like, Past animal and and Flames but I feel like there have been a couple gems here and there where you're like,
1: oh, well, that's not so bad. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I don't, I. There's so many of them. There's almost as many, like, Gothenburg bands as there are, like, Stockholm bands. I
1: used to like, well, when I was first getting into death metal back in around, like, when I was around 15 or so. Um. I liked at the gates and in flames and stuff like that, but then I, I heard like um, some of the some of the metalcore stuff and I couldn't like unhear oh. the influence <laughs> and like so every time a lot of that Gothenburg stuff I just can't like unhear it, so it's uh, hard to listen to.
2: I think it's funny I I made this kind of like observation years ago with like how in flames was also a very big influence on American metalcore. And so as you have American bands trying to sound like inflames, you see Flames all of a sudden kind of flipping, trying to sound like American bands. We're like we're in right, yeah. like like Wait, are they borrowing shit from corn? <laughs> <It> was...
1: <laughs> I saw a meme one time that said, Did you know that In Flames is Swedish for corn?
0: Oh, that's
1: perfect.
0: <laughs> um, I love the first couple In Flames albums. Though. Oh, like Jester's Race is fucking yeah. amazing. Lunar Strain is yep. really good. Yep. Yep. I mean,
2: even like Off the Colony, uh, there's, there's still like in Clayman, there's songs like, there's good songs in those albums, but you can kind of start to hear the shift at that point. Oh, like. You would like the song Pinball Map, I can't, you know, that that was kind of in that Tiffany Point era, but, oh, it's still heavy, but it's a very catchy song, but I like it, because it's just weird, it's like, oh, it's this heavy metal song, like, tune down to B, but it's it's catchy, in a weird, poppy way, and I like it, because it's like, I don't have an aversion, like, an inheritance version of pop music because i'm one of these people it's like if i like something i'll just like it like sure yeah and, and until like some earworm happens like you said about like, or said about i can't unhear this
0: thing and <laughs> it kind of ruins it for you but um okay do you want me to read uh what uh kenny has to say about uh Eva yeah um and again to our our one swedish listener i'm gonna butcher all of this so I apologize ahead of time with the pronunciations, but um they were formed back in 1989 and then known as Morbid Salvation Army. Yeah, I saw that on the which is which Terrible band name. Really
1: bad. Abhoc yeah.
0: whatever abhock means, much better. Um originally they played Grindcore, but their style mellowed considerably over time. They stayed together long enough to record one seven inch, though somewhat doomy the tide. They continued as Chimera, releasing a demo as late as 1999. The high-pitched vocals of the original singer were probably considered too wimpy in the early stage of Swedish death metal. The band never made it, even after his departure. Uh, Broms joined the great Afflicted, uh, who I was actually—we were
1: actually—that was what I was referring to when you brought up Afflicted last yeah, night. Yeah, I was
0: gonna play Afflicted today, but I, I, I ended up changing it. But um, so he joined Afflicted after deepening his vocals and the guitarist and drummer have uh, continued to go on with the band Suffer. Oh. So... Yeah, Afflict... Do you know Afflicted? No. They started as... Um, what is it? Afflicted Convulsions?
1: Afflicted Convulsions. And they were death metal originally. They were like,
0: you know, like Swedish death metal and yeah. then uh, they they dropped the convulsions and were just afflicted and they put out like a really fantastic like... Like not really like tech death per se. It was still like like really early tech death. Like, there's yeah. lots of start stops and tempo changes and time changes and stuff, but yeah, not like, like some taste pool. yeah, not yeah. like necrophagus or anything. Um, probably probably closer to like maybe like an atheist or something. Oh yeah, sure. Um and then uh, oh, this.
1: oh crap. Okay, that's not one of my picks by the way.
0: Okay. So um and then like three years later they became like a man of war kind of power metal band oh wow or like i don't know if it's three or four years later isn't that crazy though that's like quite you, the shift. You, you never see that dude a band <laughs> that's goes from that's death metal really to unusual yeah okay so i'm gonna get i've seen you know plenty of like there's death there's metal
2: bands death and non, roll. yeah and go death and roll or go like gloomy
1: symphonic stuff, stuff. Yeah. yeah like uh like, a lot of all the pioneering death doom bands became like that gothic symphonic yeah um, like uh, that last band Lost. yeah um, abhoth was the last band we should start
0: saying what it is yeah after. abhoth
1: was the band we just played and the song was called um darkness greets
0: okay so it's off
1: their um their demo forever to be
0: banished therein. Um, I'm gonna get my kind of, like, most well-known pick out of the way first. You know this band name? Uh, Crematory? Oh! They're not really that typical kind of Swedish Yeah, style, but... but I...
2: This is another band that I don't think I've actually listened to since like sometime in the '90s. Yeah, they they're one of
0: the they're one of the many many Swedish death metal bands that did like a million demos and then they did, no like, full length no yeah. full length. They did like one EP, which is this, um, and then broke up. But unlike a lot of the other uh, Swedish bands, these guys like down tuned way more. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so yeah, this is ma- mastication off the demo rough and the unknown by like for Um A lot of these guys I should probably look this up, but just off the top of my head, a lot of these guys went on to form regurgitation and general surgery. Uh maybe I should probably be fact checking this so, though, but uh, And this is not to be confused with the obviously the German crematory. Um, dude, okay. Oh so my know, god, you guys... are you talking about the... Yeah, so do you know the, the German crematory? No,
2: because I'm wondering if that's what I'm thinking of. Because there was, um, I can't remember where... They
1: actually went and became more... They became yeah. like
0: a shitty metal. That's thing.
2: what I just read, like they started out as death metal early and then... No, they...
0: this is, this is, this is a different crematory. Yeah, but... no, the German one, I just read it. So they were the one that started out as death metal and then went...
2: Yeah, and, and
0: and German crematories, too, I think they have, like, two death metal albums are awesome. Yeah, their death metal is pretty good. They use, like, really cool, like, synthesizers and shit, and it's, like, really interesting. But, um, they've sucked for, like, 20, 30 years now, (laughs) and, like, um... The guy, the drummer of German Crematory, like, goes on all these YouTube videos of Swedish Crematory and was like, this is a shitty cover band. We're the original Crematory. And, like, this... Oh, this, no, this, those people. Swedish
1: Crematory was formed first. They, yeah, no, yeah they, yeah.
0: they predate German Crematory, yeah. but... And this band is way better.
1: Look at look at this. Another Our connection, man. huh?
0: Oh, yeah, cool. So the guy played drums in a, a fucking commotion. Interesting. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then... One more thing I wanted to read out of the Swedish death metal book that just fucking blew my mind the other night. So, um... Uh... All these Swedish death metal kids, like, age 15, 16, 17, formed, like, basically a gang called, uh... I'm not even gonna try to say it. Uh... Ba- Bajliskan? I probably butchered that, but it translates to Army of Excrement. <laughs> and that was, like, or their shit crew. Shit League. Shit League, right? Or, yeah, or the Shit League. It translates other way, But, uh... Um, so it was mostly, like, the one of the dudes in Unleashed, uh... Nirvana 2002, um... Afflicted, uh... The Nihilist Entombed, Dismember Guys. So, like, they would all just, like... They couldn't get into bars or anything. And they couldn't even get into most shows. So they would meet at the subway station and they would all meet at the map which was just like a city map yeah and like it started with like just like basically i think it started with like the nihilist guys and then um like it just kept growing and eventually they'd have like 40 50 people all hanging out at the subway station by the map (laughs) just like getting fucked up and like raging and partying and so like they these guys and like this is so crazy to me because this would never happen now but like the reason like the thing that connected all of these swedish death metal bands how they like found each other like when because they were all in these like tiny suburbs and there'd be like one swedish death metal band in every small town or whatever and they would literally just walk around and, like, start talking to any metal person they saw in all these various towns and be like, come meet us at the mat, man, we'll get fucked up. Like, <laughs> like this guy's older brother was going to buy us beers. And, like, anytime they found someone to buy them beers, like, all 40 people would pitch in and they'd have, like, a stock of, like, 200 beers or whatever. Wow. Um, it explains like, why
2: uh, the guys in Dismember um, can drink the way they drink, except for uh, uh, David Blomquist, I guess he doesn't drink
0: yeah it, it's so crazy man because like if you look like these are just like pictures of some of these guys this is the map right here this is <laughs> oh yeah <it's laughs> this is bad pocket podcasting but uh they're just hanging out at the map like this is like the dude from unleashed here's one of the guys in crematory just partying at his apartment you know um but yeah this is this is how crematory kind of got connected with all of these guys and Yeah, it's crazy. And then one of the guys, let's see, this is Anders Schultz from Unleashed. He said, this is my favorite story. The most memorable night of all in uh, Bajaslan's history, that's that's the shit league, must have been when the guys from Immolation and Mortician came over in 1989. I think they were here to visit the guys from Nihilist, but they were soon drawn over to the world of the Bajaslan. That night, we ended up at the subway station of, I don't know how to fucking say that, it's like 18 (laughs) letters, I don't know what that is, and just drank ourselves crazy while blasting death metal out of the tape recorder. They were just shocked to see how wild it was that we were getting away without, without being arrested and beaten up by the cops. Imagine it, about 40 teenagers who were insanely drunk and noisy among horrified subway travelers. By 1991, the Bajistan's antics were so notorious that a photographer followed us around to document our habits actually did an exhibition about us later on isn't it great drunk death metal teenagers as art <laughs> so yeah literally all these kids just getting fucked up and like getting crazy at this train station is what spread swedish death metal. Whoa. and it was like legendary enough for like a, a photographer to uh, to document it so yeah that was crematory the track was mastication and that's off uh, rap from the end sweet all right you're out all right. oh
1: Oh yeah,
2: this my uh, exposure.
0: Yes, yeah, this, this is probably your favorite Swedish metal band, right?
1: Um, top it, top it, three. Probably? It might
0: be. I I am
1: not good at picking favorites, but it's it's up there for sure. Oh, ads. Yeah, let's just
0: do a survey. Right How
1: now. about let's not answer. Yeah, a question. Hold on.
2: Uh, Cours oh Light, God. Corona, Bud Light, or Miller Light? Since, uh, we're gonna go with none of the above. Since, yeah, I'm just gonna of, answer that. None Whatever. of us drink. There you so, go. Yeah. And when I still drink, no. <laughs>
0: I like that you picked the track off Bitterness, too.
2: I, um, this song, again, I, I grew up in the suburbs. Uh, my friends did not listen to this kind of music. Like, they listened to Metallica and Megadeth, as was the heaviest they got. And uh, they listened to Motley and Good Row. And I hate Motley Crew. Oh, I don't hate Mick Mars though. I think be a guitar player. <laughs> but there was a cable access show called The Dark Hour, and they played death metal videos. Like, and
0: we had some of those in, in the Chicago suburbs too. Yeah.
2: And they, uh, I remember seeing this video and just loving it. it probably around the time it actually came out. <laughs>
0: yeah this is i mean this been. this is such a shift in sound from the album just before it too yeah um and like on paper i feel like shouted hardcore vocals over like melodic guitars like sounds like it should be awful but like like and i love into eternity a lot it's a great Swedish death metal record but this is the album i keep coming back to like i i play this over and over it's and it, it plays in my head randomly. Like, I'll, I'll forget about it for a while. Oh. And then, like, that... Dan, dan, and it, like, just comes yeah. into my head. Yeah, this.
1: I, I definitely didn't warm up to this album right away after, you know, I... There's no Like, Into Eternity is is one of my favorite albums. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Vengeance is going <laughs> under the couch. <counter. laughs> he's probably <screwed. laughs> Um, He's a little more shy than the other ones. Yeah, but... I eventually did warm up to this album and
0: it's fantastic, yeah, it it doesn't sound like any other Melodeth album at all.
2: It still has a, it's it's funny because like, okay, so the guitar tone, like, uh, this is kind of, it seems more along the line of, like, the Grave tone with the ds one and I don't know if that's what they're using. The distortion and stuff, but it has that. It does. I mean, the, like the really heavy bass coming through, um, but then like really good drum sound. Yeah. You know, so like it's this dirty, nasty guitar tone, a real heavy like upfront bass, and then like incredible drums with like yeah, almost hardcore shouted vocals.
0: <laughs> oh, did we say what this is? This is sultry Yeah,
2: we didn't say. Oh, man. Winter. A of yeah,
0: there is a lot of bass on this. I never noticed that. Right? Yeah. But there is on Into Eternity too. Oh uh, yeah, I, I listen to this album so much more. I don't remember. Have you heard the albums after
1: this? Swallow the Snake is a god awful death metal. Oh. No,
2: um. oh, but I just always came back to this one. Like this was. I I'd, I'd forgotten about this band for a number of years, and then um, oh, came back god. to it, and just was again just had that same. Felt good, listening to it again. Like, oh, this is fucking great. It's almost nice. It was like new again, you know. And sure, yeah, yeah. I kind of get that same joy of hearing it almost
0: like for the first time. And... Yeah, we just found this record maybe two years ago because Laura was always like a huge fan of uh, the first album, which is just like kind of like HM2 in your yeah. face, leader stuff, metal. Um and like we were buying the cassettes and it was they had both albums yeah. so we're like oh yeah let's just buy the other one too we'll check it out Whatever. and we were like, and like we didn't know anything about it or anything and we're like whoa this is like way different but it was great I loved it
2: yeah I feel like it's almost feels like it sits between like uh, grave you'll Never see and like dismember massive killing capacity as far as like sound goes like it just. Definitely a lot, um, sure, yeah, yeah, a lot more low end.
0: But, I uh, heard someone. I think it might have been on Death Metal Dad's podcast, but somebody claims that Massive Killing Capacity is the best uh, dismember album. I don't know if
1: it's the best.
2: I just. I don't agree.
0: I, I, don't I, agree. I like it. It's the, they definitely
2: experimented on the death and roll front because I, I wonder if it was almost kind of.
1: It's not a bad death and roll
2: album, but it's not the best dismember album. No, I, I mean, I and. It almost might be sacrilegious to say, because, like, a lot of times in, like, underground bands, like, the later stuff, you're kind of like, eh, there doesn't seem to be as much, you know, like, fire behind it, but I think Dismember, you know, obviously they reunited for some shows and (laughs) stuff, but they ended on an incredible album. Like, that, like, their self-titled album, but you know, back from what, 2008, they ended on an amazing, amazing album. Like
0: the, they broke up in like two thousand nine, right? Yeah, somewhere around there. Two thousand ten, maybe. Oh. Yeah, it, which is so weird because they broke up right when like death metal was like becoming big again. Yeah,
2: and that's kind of you know when you started to see uh, I, I think that's around where like Black Breath was starting to dabble in that sound. Oh, like, some of those uh, hardcore Yeah, Yeah, got the hardcore turned H two. How do you feel about yeah. that? We should probably talk about that. I, I I don't. I, I used to get bent about that kind of shit and like it's so much wasted energy. Like um you know I just I like black breath but like the other bands that kind of do that thing
0: I don't like so much. I don't I th- to me it's like if you're going to play Swedish death metal just play Swedish death metal. Like like a, a Swedish death metal revival band that does it right is more dread I think, you know. Or but like they it, like, hardcore, like, steel, Like, I feel like it's, like, hardcore kids stealing elements of Swedish death metal, but, like, unwilling to, like, commit to the aesthetic and the feel of it, you know? Uh,
2: it's... You know, it's, like, Harm... You know, Harm's Way is a pretty
0: big hardcore band, and they've completely adopted the HM2 sound. Did huh? they? Yeah. Okay, last last I checked in on Harm's Way, they were still playing in, like, basements and stuff. Yeah, so, so no, I, they've... I mean, they've, 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 they've big. Yeah, they've
2: gotten into the HM2 thing. Um, it's kind of weird. Uh, they're... You know, because there's bands doing that thing, but then there's bands like Angerot out, out of uh, South Dakota that, you know, I think were around my age, you know, in their 40s, late 30s, early 40s, that are doing it based on the old school. Like, probably been playing death metal for years, and should they even got LG Petrov to do guest vocals on one of their songs as a local band, which... Like, here's a couple hundred bucks.
0: Like, I don't know, man. I just like my yeah. death metal to have, like, really fucked up spiky logos and, like, yeah. dead bodies on the cover. Like, I want I want that commitment to, like, the horror aesthetic or even, like, sci-fi aesthetic or whatever, you know? But yeah. like, I like, um...
2: I, I don't know <coughs> what, what the difference with Black Breath, and I don't know why I like them but can't get into the other stuff. I, I, it, it's beyond me. There's just something about it that I don't know least on the sentence to life record, um, that something they did a little bit different. I don't know, but I, I think they they because they started leaving the hard more of the hardcore elements behind and gravitating more towards death metal. I think is what you know because their first like HM2 foray was still very hardcore influenced. Yeah, and I think they started be leaning more to a death metal band and kind of adopting that, and then aesthetically like you know. Looking more like a death metal band, kind of like getting into that, stepping into that role, like it's like a gateway. Yeah. You
1: know. I, I mean, know. I I don't. I haven't spent too much time listening to Black Breath. Um, I I've given them a couple of listens, and like, it just. It it was it wasn't terrible or anything. I didn't. I wasn't. I wasn't that mad about it, and I didn't really hate it, but. Um, it just wasn't the same as I, I don't remember really just what i have listened dismember. to right yeah. exactly like it wasn't like like it wasn't the same as dismember or even any of these like some of these newer um yeah, Swedish death metal bands that don't have the hardcore stuff going on yeah. at all and like
2: okay like so a band like gate like how do you like you listen to gate creeper at all
1: yeah, I, 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 yeah I've tried they're just like i mean i
2: can't get into it at all like and it's like they're trying to like you know aesthetically and everything like encompass death metal but for some reason i just nothing out of that band has hooked me like
0: yeah it's it's like a little watered down there's you know It's it's like everything that makes a death metal record death metal but it's just like watered down like, I mean, not to the extent of like a band like six feet under has watered it down <laughs> you know like I, I think there's more to it than that oh band,
1: you just mentioned my next pick oh six feet under yeah, yeah. <laughs> your favorite band of all time <laughs> <Yeah>. um <laughs> that that's not true by yeah, the way listeners totally, but um totally but yeah i mean there's a lot of new death metal stuff that's been coming out that I do really like. There's um, so much of it. that just. In rips. fact, our last episode was about newer death metal. Yeah. And um, I, it was hard to pick stuff that people hadn't already heard because like a lot of the bands I really like are um, like, I, I like blood incantation a lot. Um, Spectral voice. And
0: I think the death metal that's coming out now is like, almost just as good and just as like there's almost as many bands as there were coming out in the 90s and and late 80s what is
2: um i'm trying to think it's either obliterate or obliteration that's a norway band uh, that's newer one that's kind of encompassing the old school sound, and they from what i've heard has been absolutely fantastic
0: yeah pat likes them a lot Uh, yeah
2: that was another one that Vern was like listen to this that's so. that's why i just wait for Vern to send me recommendations and then
0: <laughs> yeah dude there's i mean there's so many um, oh. uh we haven't by the time we're recording this by the time this gets released the third episode obviously will be out this is the fourth episode but we haven't released it yet but yeah check that one out because we we actually did instead of three picks we did five okay each because we because since they were all like Active new bands. We wanted to give more bands exposure and okay. stuff. Yeah, and there so, was well, one of my picks. So there's fifteen um, bands to check out.
1: One of my picks on the last episode. I don't know how to say that name. It' my first pick. I don't the, remember. The the French word outer tombe. Outre or something. Outer Tumbe. um, which is very wrong. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but they have like a lot of elements of like Swedish death metal mixed with like a lot of with like kind of the vocal style and some other elements of like some of the Dutch Netherlands death metal. Um like um like some pestilence sound sounding stuff and like
0: Yeah, a lot of these new bands are like really mixing all the sounds yeah. in a really cool way.
1: Okay, why don't you uh I'll do my pick now. Yeah. It's like um so Gotta figure out. I always forget what song I pick. Why don't you check that too? Just make sure. Uh huh. Oh, the the microphone?
0: Yeah. No, this one I mean.
1: Oh, audio hijack?
0: Okay, cool. That's good.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, so I'll do my next pick. And that's the song I remember now. Um So this is not the song. This is the song.
0: Dude, you're going on the uh, real deep dive this episode.
1: Okay, so you're getting that book out, but the interesting thing is, before you start reading from that book, I wanted to point out... Go for it. I gotta, still gotta find it. So. I wanted to point out that on Metallum, um, I found out that um, Daniel Eckeroth's 2006 book swedish death metal evidently mixes up the two there's another band adversary that's spelled this is adversary by the way the song is called uh, serpent of twilight but um it's their demo is called remains of an art forgotten um Uh so this one is adversary s-a-r-y and there's one that's s-e-r-y and they, and so he mixes up the two and combines information from both into one adversary entry. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: okay. So I probably want not So,
1: to this, so yeah. There's another band and some of the information is going to be mixed up. So. Wow, it's that kind sounds of
0: so confusing. It was a little oopsie. on uh Well, I mean, this guy mentions like like this whole section of this book is just an index of death metal bands and like there's a lot on here. there's probably like 30 bands on each so um alright well why
1: don't
0: you give a so
1: a few of the members went on to be in the this is interesting to me and kind of weird, but they want to be in this band, Scar Symmetry, and I had, a, oh. I had a friend who was a big fan of Scar Symmetry, and they're... Was it the band that did, like, Suicide by My Side? You know, like, uh I I don't know. like my I, I'm not interested in Scar Symmetry at all. They don't see no vocals. Um, I don't think... So.
2: Okay. Or Maybe I'm thinking of something else.
1: This is, like, kind
2: of... No, maybe Synergy is the band I'm thinking of.
1: Yeah, this is yeah, kind I'm of so. a... Um oh, that I don't even,
2: cool,
0: no, cool. Yeah. Yeah, everything you played today is uh really cool, man. Me? Yeah, I-
1: I've liked everything. Yeah. I and I think you know what my third pick is too. But there's there's another another little connection. Um, so they went on to be in Scar Symmetry, and one other one was played live with Meshuga, which I'm not really into either, and I think those were the only bands I recognized from their, uh, the crossover. Um, and another, oh. another...
0: Okay, sorry, go
1: ahead. Another thing to point out, this is just a dumb little thing, but if you look at the demo, the notes on the demo, where they have their uh, oh, yeah. their thanks, they thank Abhoff. Oh, cool. Good. And there's also a lot of like weird crossover with members of my third pick um, from Abhoff.
0: I like that you picked cool. um, like all demos, but all demos that didn't sound like buttholes. there's so many like i was going through a bunch of like you know like demo tapes and like there's so many that just sound awful um and like we're big death metal demo collectors like we had like um, almost all of those on the bottom left one are all like demo era and i'm
1: i'm fine with demos sounding rough but like
0: i don't want to but listenable like yeah i don't want to play them don't make it like like
1: like mayhem's death crush or anything like completely unlistenable okay. oh i found it what your pick
0: No. that's <laughs> <laughs> their wasp cover it's like i know that song it's awful it ruins the whole album no it's great Uh, I don't know about this reissued version. I guess we'll... Should we listen to I... Cumfart's version of this? Oh, <laughs> I I uh, came yeah. across a video yes. by Cumfart as well. Oh, um, I guess a, a well-known YouTuber of of Swedish death, death, death metal is yeah. Cumfart with the, the A as a 4. <laughs> That'll happen. Classy. I love it. Ronan, stop it. <laughs> he loves paper towels. Oh, so this band is super... This band is super important to me. This was actually the first death metal band I ever got into. Oh, ever, cool. Like, ever. Um, and I mentioned this on the first episode when, when Laura and I did our musical histories, but um, I had this kid, uh, I'll, I'll make it brief since I've already told the story on this show, but um, he'd wear, like, the same Cannibal Corp shirt every day to school and stuff, and, like, um, I was into metal, but I was I, I hadn't gotten into, like, extreme metal yet. Yeah. And, like, he kept trying to get me into it, because I was, like, one of, like, two other metalheads in, my like, high school, you know? Um, and, like, I thought it was all, like, and, like, at this point I was already into, like, crust and stuff, and I was, like, pretty PC and shit, and I thought that, like, definitely a lot more PC than I am now, anyway, but, like, I, I thought it was all, like, rape lyrics and fucked up shit like that, and I was, I stayed, oh. a, I stayed away from it. Um, and he sent me this band, and, like, this band has all, like, um, like, very, like, philosophical lyrics and stuff, um, and it was, like, and it, it's, you know, like, this was, like, the most interesting, like, you know, like, musical stuff. Like, I didn't know Definitely could be melodic, like, right. this either. Um, and, uh... I was, like, listening to a lot of, like, melodic crust. Like, this is when, like, Neo-Crest and all that shit was, like, really big. I was like, whoa, this is, like, almost the same shit, you know? Um, so, yeah, this is Gates of Ishtar off their first album Blood Red Path. And, yeah, fantastic band. I, and this, this is going to be related to my hot take at the end. Well. But, uh, yeah, obviously a, a Gothenburg <laughs> band. Dude, these fucking maniacs, castles. He was after a bug. Yeah, they're bug murderers, dude. Like oh, crazy. so it was
2: my cat. He loves box elders.
0: Yeah, well, we get them all over the house. Yeah. So,
2: yeah. So. But Supposedly, yeah. they're not supposed to like box elders. They're supposed to taste bad, to cats. And the cats are like, nah, the right. bug I'll eat it. Oh,
0: no, Nashi
1: and Ronan both flip out over. Yeah, yeah,
2: he won't eat stink bugs, though. But like, weird, uh, weird-shaped, like, kind of like hard body cheek the ones that literally like
0: those big ones yeah
2: yeah. and he won't hustle <laughs> he was like no otherwise we'll chase everything
0: yeah I just figured I'd pick a Gothenburg band but I know Laura wouldn't have she's not as into it as I am and I wasn't sure if you would or not but yeah, I, I feel like it. like it was good that we got some representation of the of the melodic death metal from Sweden cause and this is a good War. representation of Gothenburg because I actually do like shape of this Star That's so good. Um, I do like them. Yeah, and this whole... Basically, their entire discography is amazing. They did three albums. Although, Danny Lockhart claims so that they did two, but they, they actually did three. Um, but, yeah, they're all great. The last one is kind of the weakest. Although, interestingly, they just got reissued on vinyl, we have them all. And, like, everybody in the band, and, like, all the commentators about the band say that, like... like have the universal opinion that the third one is the best I think it's absolutely the weakest but I don't know uh,
2: exactly it's it's all really subjective
1: to the subjective
0: and I think the first one you hear is gonna be like the one that's gonna be your favorite yeah. so this, this album is my favorite I think it also has like the sickest album art it's this dude like like this like a, a grim reaper kind of guy walking walking on this river of blood in a canyon and there's mountains and shit it seems like I feel like they know When we're about to podcast And they're like Let's try to knock As many wires out As we fucking can we're assholes But Yeah No this This band Like absolutely Changed my direction Of where I was going With music And Like It, it was a long time After this Where I actually started My first death metal band But like As soon as I heard This album I started fucking around On my guitar Like like what are what are these guys doing that's different than a lot of crust? You know, and like I think I was playing like in a lot of crust band, and like I started doing more like trend pick sections, like it, it, you know. And obviously listening to this, I was like, I gotta start listening to all this death metal shit. Yeah, and it's
2: like, I mean, you know, this trumpet um So you're gonna hear like major and minor thirds and different things going on in that, and adding a little extra melody. Which i love that stuff
0: yeah all right man you're up oh
2: ah this is what uh got me back on the path
0: the left hand path
2: this uh, is this is what like me realizing that just writing music for um music's sake and and writing for the riff and uh keeping things simple And
0: Bring me the horizon. That's what you wanted, right? Yes. Okay.
2: And plus the lineup.
0: It's fantastic. So <laughs> that's, like an that's amazing. That's song pretty part. great.
2: So this is what happens when you get Nick Anderson. From entombed and let's say it's an entombed grave and repulsion
0: is it is it just nick because i know there's an e at the end yeah it's, i've been saying I don't an AK, but I don't, yeah, I don't know so this album cover i don't know if this is an insert or the cover but it's like a play on the beatles let it be yeah. but instead it's all just rotting corpses and, <laughs> it it stink? Says, and it's and called let it stink and the song is giving head to the dead, which is amazing.
2: And you have, a uh, shots from Repulsion playing bass and doing vocals on this.
0: Okay, I was wondering, uh... I hear the Repulsion... De- Breath, Breath is a very Repulsion-y kind of title. Yep. Mm-hmm. Don't they have
1: a song called Death Breath? They have Black Breath. Oh, okay. Yep.
0: Which, interestingly, we were talking about earlier. They, they originally were
2: going to call this band Black Breath, I guess. They're finally getting active again. They've been sitting on an album for a long time. And uh, oh, it was, it was what Nick Anderson said was basically it was just doing death metal and getting back to basics again. And um, you know, not doing any trigger drums. Um, you know, no seven-string guitars. They tune in. They tuned down to step and a half. Like you use you know, Marshalls and Orange. There's not like a lot of processing or anything going on. It was just, yeah. And, you know, and obviously Entombed were uh, big fans of Repulton. So it's kind of cool, like, you have an international band. But, um... Oh, that's... Yeah, Past members. Ah, there we go. Yeah. There it is. Yeah, Jorgen Sandstrom. Um, from Brave, also participated uh, live with these guys and with the vocal and bass. Uh, I think no, I think just vocal. I'm recording the town but I remember watching some videos with him doing vocals and shit on some songs. And
0: man, this is a super group, man. Yeah, I've never heard of
1: this man <laughs> I think I, I think I have seen the name because I've, I just, I no, I've never listened to it.
0: Who's the guy from Impulsion? Scott Carlson. Yeah, Scott Carlson. Awesome. Have you heard his new band, Expulsion, I think they're called? Oh. I keep, yeah, I listened to it, I, I streamed it when it when it dropped, like, one of the news websites had, like, an exclusive stream or much. it was awesome, and that that LP was that extreme noise forever, and I, I kept meaning to pick it up, and then, like, so, every time we go to Extreme Noise, we spend, like, $400. So, we almost... We, almost, we always have to thin out. Like, literally, <laughs> dude. Yeah. Literally. We'll spend... Like, the least we ever spend an Extreme Noise is, like, $200. So, like, we we just try to never go there. Yeah. Unless we know we can drop a ton of money. So, like, I would... I kept having, like, a big stack, and then that record just kept leaving the stack as I would, like, weed it out oh, yeah. at the end, you know? And I was like, alright, next time I'll grab that one. But
1: If I go in there, I have to say, like... I have to say I'm not getting anything because if I start, if I'm like, oh, I can get two records, then if if
0: anyone listening doesn't know what Extreme Noise Records here is, it's uh, a record store here in Minneapolis that we've probably mentioned. We we talked show. about it in
1: a previous episode.
0: But yeah, it's, it's got like exclusively punk and metal merchandise, um, and it's it's like the longest running uh, record store that services like a a, a punker metal community. Basically. Yeah, uh, it's. I mean,
2: Employees also they all work there on a volunteer basis too. Right, yeah. It's yeah.
1: it's entirely volunteer run and it's uh got records and cassettes and CDs and music and stuff, but it's also got like other stuff that would be of interest to the punk and metal communities like uh like it's got like studs
0: and like studs, patches, a lot of shirts. T-shirts, like, they their t shirt collection has really grown recently. Hair dye. Um, it's it's mostly a punk record store, but they have a ton of metal stuff. Yeah. Uh, and a fantastic um, used section, too, dude. All And, like, it's always dirt cheap, too. Except for, like, mm-hmm. the stuff on the wall, pretty much. But, like, in in the bins, like... Dude, I found so much shit. Like, I found, um... What is that band? Sea of... I can't think of it. Sea of Deprivation? Yeah, Sea of Deprivation. Yeah. What, which was, like, a super obscure, like, stenchcore crust band. Oh. That, like... Like i was looking for that lp because every digital version of it is missing a track for some reason so like like well, that's weird yeah i don't know why but it just leaves a track out and um yeah man it's like a super super rare lp it's like the only thing you can get by that band they're, and they're kind of like if dystopia were like more death metal-y um uh but also like a crust band and uh i was like I got it for like four bucks there, dude. I was like, holy shit. I, I couldn't, and they're from Arizona, too. I couldn't even believe that it was just sitting in the used bin. But. Oh,
2: that's what I got. I think, I think I got a carnal four, I got a carnal four job for like two dollars at Extreme Noise. It's was like, dude.
0: yeah, I, there, There's always cool shit in that yeah. used bin, too.
1: All
0: right, Norman, you're up,
1: right? My pick. Okay, my third pick is a little different. Um gotta figure out what song again
2: and yeah, okay. the last new death breath was like 2011 and when myspace was still going and they put up a new track and then they uh took it down because oh, the album was in the process of being finished so obsessed with sodomy was the <laughs> track
0: okay wow great song titles i was oh, like
1: God. well it's us keep it in line with the <laughs> death breath okay i, am I also remember i remember where um uh, this does not have timestamps, so that's a pain in the ass.
2: Oh, there's a few vowels in the...
0: Yeah, in okay, here. so I've never listened to this band, but they get mentioned a lot in the book. So or
2: is it just Throne Aeon? <laughs> or is <should> have... <laughs> it
0: That's okay. It's. <laughs> I
1: think it's Throne Aeon. Th- a-
0: Throne Aeon? I don't know for sure, but... We're definitely not uh, hard <laughs> about the rule of not revealing stuff. I just think it's more fun to... <laughs> Thrawny, Aeon.
1: Thrawny It a- took, Aeon. like, when I saw the name, it took me, like, a second to figure it out. I'm like, oh, those are two words.
0: He loves the towels, man. I'll lay on the towels.
1: Oh, is it? Is You're done running around
0: for a minute. You're going to take a little break. Yeah. Yes. yes. Okay. Dude, that's going to be. How many death metal bands have sampled Evil Dead? At oh. least 200 need to start adding samples to the um I'll show you after we're done recording but we have 5000 VHS tapes upstairs we converted basically half of the upstairs to like an old video rental store and I, I specialize in things that never made it to DVD or anything so I can
2: my my old drummer for Assist had a monster VHS like B horror movie folks like yeah
0: yeah, it's... I mean, uh... probably Philip Thornton. It's probably a quarter of our house is VHS tapes.
1: Yeah, because we got them all over the place that are not in the tape room. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean... Yeah, yeah, our stairs. All
0: the whole stair is VHS. Okay, so, um... Is this old? 97?
1: 97. So it's... So it's kind of later, It's but. later, but it's not new or anything. Um, There's so no this is different. basically... This is Throneon. um... And this is off their Carnage demo um, from '97, and this is so it's basically like I liked this band right away because it's basically Swedish Deicide. um, ah,
0: okay, that's what I'm hearing. And weird, but...
1: Yeah, um, and I'm I'm a huge Deicide fan, and um, anything that like. Like, I just think it's really cool that in Sweden there was like a... They have the same, like, lyrical themes
0: as D.S.I.D. and everything, too, so... Um... Uh... Daniel Ekeroth has something similar to say. Do you want me to read it? Yeah. He said, formed as early as 1991 as Vastiras... I probably butchered that, too. Again, I'm sorry. Um, they didn't use the name Throneon until 1995. Before that, they suffered a lot of lineup circulation... Things didn't come easy for Throne Aon, though their demos got good reviews. A mini-CD finally saw the light of day in 1999. Okay, so it's not this. Um, and two years later a full-length emerged. Throne Aon played technical and brutal death metal in the vein of Deicide, sometimes exactly like Deicide, <laughs> with almost identical lyrics at some point. Um, they're definitely among the better Swedish bands. In 2004, they changed their name to God Hate, Deicide is like God kill, yeah. so they're God hate now. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, and they have a separate entry for that if you want to look at it. But um, since the older name never seemed to stick, obviously because none of us can pronounce it, he's probably why right. Why don't
2: they just call it Dsi homicide?
0: If they throw, if they fare better as God hate, only time will tell. Still, surely a great band. Support them. Cool. Yeah. Um, and then. You were playing this, like, earlier this week, right? I was, yeah. Okay. Um,
1: I found this band, actually, when I was, uh, I forgot who that artist was, or what his name was. I, I mean, he did a bunch of, like, war metal and, um, covers, like, war metal, uh, art and stuff, but he did some art for this band. There we go. Okay. He did, he did some art for this band, and And, uh, Jameson had, like, a book of this, of this artist's work. I think it's on Um, Extreme
0: Noise right now.
1: And I was just leafing through that, and I, I noticed, I'm like, oh, sweet, like, a Swedish band, you know, I'll check them out. And it turned out to not be, like, I, I checked out a lot of the Swedish bands from that book, um, and especially if they had cool art, but I, like, this one stuck out because, uh because of how much they sound like Deicide. Um, it was
2: definitely a very heavy Deicide influence. Yeah. It's not bad thing.
0: Which is Laura Starr Band.
2: Which, you know, what? the funny thing, like, my favorite Deicide song is the friggin' Stent Redemption.
1: I, that, that's one of my top albums. That's why, I, I, that I, is my... Ra- Ralph Ra- Ra- Santoya,
2: like, on that album. It, 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 plus, I love his lead work. Plus, like, even the song Stent Redemption, like, all of a sudden there's, like, oh, here's a little melodic part in the middle of the song, I'm like...
1: This is fantastic. That's my favorite Deicide Yeah, album. It's, it's so as cool well, because yeah. like I mean, of course I love the first three albums. Um, <coughs> but as far as their newer stuff goes, some of it is I I pretty much am like a fanboy and love almost everything that DSI has put out, but um I can recognize that some of their newer stuff is not as uh Did you listen to that one that came out last
0: year? Well no. Yeah, me neither. I
2: didn't check it out. I'm terrible about keeping up on stuff.
0: Like, I'm pretty bad too. Um, there's there's so much. Like, do you know Devin Belky? No. He's at uh, like most metal shows. He's like a, he's like a death metal dude. He's a good friend of ours, but he he's like the most up to date. Like he knows like all the new shit, and he's always like telling us stuff. But yeah, I mean yeah. The, we, he was on the last episode with the. With like the new wave of death metal, okay. um, kind of showing us the ropes. But um... I think my problem
2: is, um, you know, I don't keep up to date with too much stuff. Like I literally just lean on recommendations from people. I spend way too much time nerding out over guitar gear. <laughs> like, like sure. yeah, uh, horrible par- with that it's like i like I could probably listen to music while I do that. But
1: well, a lot of times I'm nerding out about like about, like, the, like, old, like, uh, like, old school demos and stuff, and, like, stuff that is undiscovered from the early 90s, um, rather than just, like, the new stuff that's coming out. Which is um, cool,
2: I mean, because it's not only, it's not only music, too, I mean, it's also, it's like, a, it's a hobby, too, like, that's, you know, it's relative to your interest. In, yeah, you know, I, I,
0: I, I like trying to dig as, as deep as possible, and... Um, I mean, I love going down, like,
1: like a rabbit hole on Metallum and stuff, or on YouTube or whatever. I used to, when I was in, I, when I was in uh, college, I used to, like, sit in the back sometimes if I, if I was bored and just, like, um, keep clicking on Metallum, like, links and uh, running. But yeah, it was, it's so fun to get into. It was, Meta- it was a terrible
0: habit. Because you can go into, like, you can look up one band, go to members see like another band that that guy was in and then another band that that guy was in and you can just go like deeper and deeper uh, and then you can yeah. end up somewhere totally different you know? oh yeah um, alright well I'll play this last one what are we, where are we at for time oh we're okay we try to, we try to go like 90 minutes to 2 hours so. Okay. so yeah this is a little bit different too it's not I don't know, are they using an HM2, do you think? I'm not sure, but it, it, it definitely is a little bit different from the, the standard Swedish sound. Yeah. There, there, there are some sections of melody, and I think they use a pitch shifter for the vocals at one point, which is really cool. Well,
2: I'm trying to decipher that guitar
0: song. I can't. This band is uh, Inverted, Off, uh, they they had two full lengths, this is um, the Shadowlands, the song is called Circle of Candles, great song title. The second album by Inverted, it's alright, it's not nearly as good as this. Again, it's got like a super cool painted album cover of like what appears to be like a ghost, skeleton, dragon, I don't know, all cool things, things I like. Yeah, I really like this band though. Um, I think I had something safe here, too. Just
2: to read, uh... Rat, almost what? has, like, a rat pedal-type sound. <laughs>
0: yeah. But, yeah, here, they just, like, go into some, like, melodic shit here.
1: Yeah, and it started off, like, not melodic at all.
0: Can you hear the Pet Shifter? It's kind of, like, deep in the mix.
2: Maybe it's um, just somebody just doing like, uh, just another layer of like, kind of just type.
0: Maybe. It's, uh, it sounds pitch-shifted to me. Uh, but you could be right now.
2: Oh, pitch-shifted vocals. I heard a, a one-man grind band called Patisserie in Japan. Um, they used to be from here. Uh, a band called Bio. Oh, I saw them.
0: Yeah, he came back. Yeah, to, the heck? Yeah, that was a great show.
2: But yeah, he's doing the pitch-shifted vocals and stuff. Yeah. I guess Mitch I, knows like I pretty well from back in the day. It was pretty cool. But I really enjoyed that. Such yeah, a mild mannered person too and like I know, yeah.
0: He was, he was cool, man. And I actually looked up what that word meant in this like pastry. Or yeah.
1: <laughs> what is
2: it?
0: Pastry. This was French. like when we first moved out here. It was a couple years ago. It's
1: like a that's like a pastry shop or whatever, yeah.
0: isn't it? Yeah. I think he, I think you were having, like, social anxiety about shows at that point, and, like, yeah, I think I think I went with Pat, and it, it was, it was like, all grind and Minx fans, and, like, he formed a one-time-only band with the drummer of Archegathus, um, and they just played that one show, and, like, they didn't even have song titles or anything, so he like, here's one, it's called a... and he'd gone like, the tissue shifted mic, and say whatever, and yeah, they so were, funny. uh...
2: Yeah, because, I mean, obviously,
0: he, he lives in Japan now, and then the uh, drummer of Canada? Yeah, it's the guy from, uh, Ar- uh, some people say uh, Archagathus or Archagathus. Uh, I say Archegathus. I always thought it was Archagathus. They're, uh, they're like, uh, an, a gothically worship kind of band, basically.
1: Don't they really have... Really great. Like, one just like Maggot, they have a song... Su- they have a song that's like, hey, a or something. And
0: Maggot has a song called Another Grindcore Song About Agathicallys in reference to the other Grindcore Song About Agathicallys. Why did you guys
2: call it quits on Maggot?
0: Oh, I don't know, man. I mean, like, Pat's and Alcum, which is, like, a way more serious and better band than uh, Maggot ever was. And, um, I'll, I'll tell you more about it after, oh, okay. but Pat and I are, like, totally cool. Like there's there's no uh, ill will or anything. And like I I think Coagulate is like a much more serious project. Yeah. Like I'm a lot more interested in uh, where that's going. I don't I, I mean we live together, you know, so yeah. like we see each other like all right. I don't wanna I don't you can, Well
2: that's the thing I think you know advanced too It's, like I like you said with more wolf all more rotted, more rot. I mean, we've taken a couple breaks and fired it back up again. It's like, it's, it's your shit, you can do what you want with it.
0: And yeah, right. And since we live together, like, it, it'd be so easy to okay. to bring it back whenever we wanted to, you know. So we, we didn't really call it, like, permanent quits or anything, but, um, yeah, I I guess the um, diplomatic way to say it, without offending anyone, is that, like, we weren't super satisfied with a lot of the kind of shows we were getting. Oh, um but yeah we we, we just weren't uh, we kind of found ourselves in like a subsect of like what bands that we didn't really want to be playing shows with that we were kind of forced to play in that yeah. so
2: but you guys did play one of the most fun shows i ever went to
0: so. yeah the parking garage show <laughs> yeah. oh dude yeah. it's a shame you guys couldn't make it to the um that abandoned factory oh god you, we, we talked about that show on tales from the pit didn't we uh, i don't know i don't know if we did no you can you can use it i don't think we did if you want to i that thought we years. did
1: but fuck it i'll i'll just talk about it because like yeah, whatever i don't but really have the
0: listeners they'll have to hear it again. yeah um uh, all right, yeah, let's let's do the two segments and get the fuck out of here. So, um, do you remember what the the two other segments we do? Sometimes we'll throw them at the end, yeah, just so like a hot
2: take, like a uh, you know, controversial
0: metal. Yeah, so you. heavy metal hot take. I'll I'll start it off. So
1: I mentioned we're trying we're we're trying to focus the, these on Swedish death metal for this
0: episode, and I think we're gonna. You don't have to, but that's, yeah. that's what we wanted to do. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't tell you that beforehand.
2: I actually I, I gave it some thought ahead of time too. so...
0: i i decided on mine like maybe an hour ago so um uh my hot take is well not as influential i think gates of ishtar are a better melodic death metal band than either at the gates or in flames that's fine all right you got one more
1: i do and it's embarrassing
0: Um, that's part of being a hot take sometimes (laughs) but, but
1: um so as a lot of people know uh dissection had um came out with an album in 2006 called rain chaos and it gets a ton of hate and i actually don't think it's that bad i mean musically it's kind of bad but like but like i think it's redeemed by like the lyrical content because i think it's really like the the way that they like approach like theistic satanism and like stuff like that is just like fascinating to me and
0: i yeah that guy is super problematic but i i i am like very intrigued by his uh views of the occult for sure. yeah yeah
1: and um like i i like the musically i much prefer like the somberland and um storm of the lights thing but like uh but yeah i do i do like to listen uh, to rain chaos every once in a while um just because it's it's that's a, the lyrics are very easily because uh, musically it's bad dude yeah like, but that's what makes it hot. you have but like to i don't the even mind it but like i don't it's even mind it stick. i don't even mind it musically just because like the songs are like it's just so
0: good like no, I don't know. <laughs> a, that was a perfectly okay hot
2: take. Okay, Nick. Yeah. And plus, it's, it's all, like, opinion-based anyway. Yeah. yeah.
0: Right. No, um, I had a couple
2: of different ones, but I think I'm going I'm to go with this, uh, because obviously you know, we're, we're going back to, like, the biggest influences in old-school school Swedish death metal, and um, I, I think Entombed always gets mentioned, or the Entombed sound, Entombed, left-hand path, clandestine. Um, I think Dismember, like an ever-flowing stream, is a far better record than either Left Hand Path or Clandestine. Um, and I think embodies what people uh, know about, you know, like Swedish HM2 death metal. Like, I think if, you, if there was a dictionary definition, that album should be the representation of it. Um, I, I think Dismember consistently put out better material throughout their career even you know even when they did dabble in death and roll it was still more death than roll um and i'm not knocking entombed i'm just saying like the popular opinion uh seems to be entombed gets all the credit where dismember is kind of plays you know second chair to it all and i, I think it's a uh, I i think that's bullshit i think dismember has consistently been a, a a, a, a better death metal band than Entombed, and and plus you had Nick Anderson doing all the leads on freaking uh, like an ever flowing stream anyway. So I mean, yeah. it, and there's there and then they collaborated, you know, like the, the nihilist thing and before that. So oh, it's, you
1: should tell the logo story about dismember. Oh yeah. I, so it's I, it,
2: I think it's I, know. <laughs> I, it's, it, it's I don't I it's and it's I don't maybe it's not that big of a hot thing. It's just my opinion, but yeah. I i got to give credit to this member. <laughs>
0: like, Dude, a... I, I, Dude, think I the agree. Reas- I think the reason why Entombed gets a lot of the credit is because Entombed, and this is from the the Swedish Delfinal book again, I just want to s- uh, cite my source, but um, he talks about the explosion that Left Hand Path made, and he said the reason that a- that Alan gets the credit oh, in a lot of ways is, be- is one, because it came out first, and two, because E-Rake picked it up. Yeah. And Earache was like like the fucking deal. Yeah. And it, it got a like huge distribution all over the world. And that was like in terms of like a global audience, that was the first anyone heard Swedish Death Metal. And so I think a lot of it is just because they were, like, the first and the best distributed. The the initial exposure. Yeah. Because
2: I think musically, like, the songwriting is much, much stronger on, on like, an ever-flowing stream. And cohesively as an album, I think it's, it's it, it comes together better. But, yeah. Yeah.
0: Do you remember who... Design? I think it was Nick Anderson. It was, yeah. Oh, yeah so I did the... the Dismember so, the, logo. Yep. So Dismember's yep. name was originally Dismemberizer. Yep. <laughs> which is a way worse <laughs> name. Dismemberizer. And he was drawing the logo, and he just ran out of space on yeah. a piece of paper, so he just ended it at Dismember. Thank God, dude. No, that's yeah. good. I, I
2: remember Brian told me that years ago, and I was like, that's fantastic. That's
1: Dismemberizer. So dumb, that does Dismemberizer. sound like something a bunch of kids would come up with, though. Um,
2: Especially when your 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 native tongue is, is, is Swedish and Scandinavian, and you know it might be a few things lost in translation.
0: Sure. Uh, oh, before we close up here, um, so the last Mordrot album, and I'll I'll probably play a Mordrot track at the end here. Um, after we're done, I'll like throw it in at the end. But um, your last album was mixed by Dan Swanö. Oh yeah. Or, so do, I've heard people say Dan Svanö. I don't know. Oh, I was, don't know. It's like you know, it looks like does. Like, right? Us. Like
2: like the band Skit System, but it's actually Sweet System or something is like. Is it? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, I don't fucking know. But uh, <laughs> really?
0: because <laughs> well, on uh, on the I Hate Music podcast, he he he's worked with Dan, and he he insists that the that Dan told him this is fun. Yeah, but, but I've yeah. never heard anyone else say that. So I've, I I
2: I'm assuming because again, like is... English to Swedish, because yeah, oh, shit.
1: We gotta.
0: Oh. Talk. Oh, how did that? Hold on. Are
1: we going
2: to do Rebo- some war metal?
0: Okay, yeah, we're good. We're talking about Dan Sauna.
2: Yeah, so, um... Originally, like, the... Because that, that album is, is two EPs. It was the original, or two demos. The, the first demo from 2000... Oh, yeah, summer 2012. And, uh... That had already been, you know mastered but just like very basic mastering and then the then the, the second part of it we recorded at 1459 studios with Will Maravellus um he, you know, he did the recording and mixed it down and then and then we decided to send all of our music tracks to to Dan Swano Swanio Swanio um but yeah, he he does mastering um at a really good price, and he does a lot of it. I mean, it's his business. Uh, anybody, I mean, like that's the thing is like you want to, you know, you want them to do your mastering. You can just send them your tracks, and I can't remember what his price is. I think it's per minute. But yeah, it, it's a really good. Really good deal. (laughs) That's
0: awesome because that was such a great marketing for your new album. Is like yeah, a little
2: bit of name recognition in there. It's like Mm -hmm. hey,
0: Dan Swanö, fucking mix this. And of course, everybody wanted to. I actually that was the first time I think I saw Mordrat was the benefit show to get a to pay for a
2: singer. Oh yeah.
0: yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. That's That's very important. I I was like, oh yeah, of course I'll help you do that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like oh yeah,
1: totally. I was like really excited about Mordrat because like here in minneapolis like we don't really have i don't know if i've complained about this before on the podcast but like we don't really have a lot of good old school death metal really at all there's a couple great um, bands but yeah I'd, I'd,
0: i would there's not even really a scene of it
2: i'd love yeah. to see more of the old school death metal um i mean as far as you know new death metal and brutal death metal and and slam and stuff there's there's a lot of that here Too a
1: lot of slam and i
2: and tech death and
1: i'm not a slam person so.
2: and uh but yeah just uh i i mean again like i think we're here we're all fans of old school death metal, so of course we want to hear more of that but yeah i'd love to i'd like to see more of that <laughs>
0: um did you see we're playing our first show on the 21st yeah, yeah you should make it out.
2: um where is, I, I know i have the invite on facebook it's so at the hex it's with um hex.
0: althar who are uh members of Vostem and a bunch of other uh oakland uh death metal bands okay. but uh podcast listeners might know that he's the uh i mean this this will have already happened by the time this comes out but um He's also one of the guys on the Death Metal Dads podcast, if that means anything to anybody. Yeah, okay, so um, why don't don't you uh, kind of introduce uh, whatever more drop track you want to play out with
1: do we want to do tales from the pit or
0: no oh did we not uh do you have a tales from the pit i forgot about it <laughs> <laughs> i do okay let's do it real
2: uh, oh man um so this was back when we were playing in my and we were playing in madison at the wisco and uh god that was a fun place to play so, and uh, again yeah, that's back when i drank so of course i was equally as shit-faced as the people there um so you kind of talked you guys ever been the wisco in madison it's, it's like a, almost like a house that was converted I, we've been to
0: madison a couple of times but i've never been to a show there okay know. it's like
2: it's almost like a house that was converted into a bar it's the the way it's laid out it's really weird um and you play bands set up in this corner where there's you know dart board machines and they move stuff out of the way and you set up in this little corner and um uh nothing's mic except for vocals and i think like the bass drum and and you know it's it's very diy and, and we're playing it. and it's like this people are spilling beer and it's i think it's like fall you know so there's just like mud beer sludge <laughs> on the floor and it's like a wooden floor from a house so many stories i'm very familiar with like the, mud beer, the sludge. beer sludge yeah. yeah and um the people are like Literally hanging from because it's a lower ceiling and people were hanging from like fixtures. And this dude, as I'm playing guitar, drops down on the ground and starts doing the worm oh my like God. the break dance in this freaking sludgy crud mix. And I just, it was one of the coolest things i ever seen. I see somebody hanging from the ceiling and then a guy on the floor, um, doing
0: the worm in front of me. And I'm going, I, I love what this band place. Is this with? this right. is my ass." Oh, okay. Uh, and um, I don't know, it was just. You'll have to send me some tracks, because I've never heard that, Ben. you have to send me uh, some tracks to play in the intro. Know, I'll have
2: to, I'll to dig through. Right. I might actually have to put the, I don't even know if I have anything online. I'll have to, like, download CD on the computer and actually go to MP3. Oh,
1: man, when I was a kid, <laughs> I used to try to do The Worm all the time, and I just I could did. never do it. I did, too. I mean,
2: it's like, I was always a big kid. I was not this big, but I always tried to do it because my dad could do it, and, um, and it just Thump, what ground. a bizarre dance move
0: when you really think <laughs> yeah. about i just it?
1: don't have the coordination to figure out yeah, how to. because like, the people who can
0: do
2: like, it strong, make it look effortless you know they make like it,
1: so
2: yeah the people who know how to do that like those break dance moves they make it look effortless like they're floating and you know obviously it's it takes a lot of
1: but i can't do pretty much any dance move in existence so
0: uh you can mosh pretty okay you got some mosh moves i yeah i suppose you do the the punching the floor, oh, and the apple picking I mean, up change. I'm just kidding. Punching the gorilla. No, no oh. one, no one here does any of those. No, hardcore dance? The sprinkler. Fuck, fuck pit ninjas forever. Okay, you got okay. Yours?
1: Um, yeah, I, I feel like I did tell the parking garage one, or one of us did. Um.
0: I'll just tell that one anyway. Well, there's a great interaction you had with the police after that. So. Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. Um, no, I think I remember because I think I remember talking about that interaction. Well, I'll just tell it again, and you guys just have to we'll listen. We'll cut to, it out if you You have so to listen it, to the it, same story. And um, so we had the show in the parking garage. Um, and we. And it was like. Uh, it was kind of dumb how they were going about it, because it was like... Like, what was the parking garage? It was, it was like, for some, it, it like... It was,
0: like, in a hospital... Uh, like, a school or a hospital. So yeah, it was, so like, was, like, it was some like, some like university the, hospital, it was some super public the, parking garage. The U of
2: M yeah. parking ramp on, like, uh, Cedar Riverside. Yeah. Like, Like They
0: studios. could have picked, like, a, a more... Deserted, like Low-key type area, like, yeah. but yeah. I guess not. No,
1: this, yeah. was, uh, this was a very public and very... Easily accessible to police parking garage, um, and so we had the show there. It was great. It was a lot of fun. Um, one of my one of the f- my
0: favorite shows Maggot ever played. It, it was
1: sure. uh, yeah. the moshing. You know, it, there was a, an involved mosh, which is always people went good.
0: really crazy for Maggot too, which was fun. Yeah, it's it always fun when people go crazy for. Um, I, I had to stand in front of the uh,
1: emergency call
2: button. <laughs> so, people so people oh, wouldn't no, actually oh yeah anyway. <laughs> and,
1: and, and like unintentionally rat us out yeah. <laughs> um, which
2: maybe somebody did at some point and that's how yeah that the mean. police ended up there I
1: feel like they probably heard it just, you just you by, couldn't by hear virtue of a
2: thing from the street though I mean you couldn't hear a damn thing really interesting yep. hmm. they
1: used to
0: have a like before that was the first like but they probably have built-in security at oh, that yeah. facility, That was the first know, so. like live band show they did there but they used to have they used to do a bunch of like techno sets there and shit because really? they guy to yeah. book that's also into electronic he music. does a lot of
1: electronic stuff and dj stuff or whatever um but yeah so so the mosh was very involved i i got a bloody nose which is always cool because uh one of one i don't of, remember that i did because it wasn't bad, but one of the one of the people in the mosh pit is does not know how to mosh very well. I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, and he threw his head back oh. and hit me in the nose. Um, and that was okay. Um, it wasn't too bad. But um, anyway, so the the real fun was when the cops came and uh tried to break up the, we're trying to break up the show and telling us we had to stop and we were not wanting to and we <laughs> tried to i just kept
0: moshing i just pretended like i didn't see them
2: oh yeah that was funny watching you like skirt mosh right
0: I wanted, next to that cop i wanted someone, <laughs> someone told me i moshed into the police
1: which I w- is definitely a first for me i was I was, uh... I was
2: very gentle. Like, like, I'm not going to push it too hard, but I'm also gonna do it. I, I was yeah. considering
1: mashing into the into the police, but, like, I,
0: uh... I didn't, um... I definitely like pushing my limits with the police, but I, I'm really good at, like, finding, like, right where it is before they get, like, actually really upset.
2: And you know? I, I could... I had a good feeling after I saw the looks on the faces of those cops were kind of like, it wasn't an anger or rage. It was kind of like a, what the fuck? And okay, this is kind of cool. You know, like it.
1: Yeah, they were, they were pretty young kids. Like, um. (laughs) They were probably like around my age. Right. Um, and anyway, so, but sometimes I didn't mosh into the cop because I I didn't want to risk getting physically aggressive, but I did, um...
0: Anna claims I moshed into the police. I don't remember that. Uh, Maybe
1: she really wanted you to have moshed into the police. That sounds like an
0: in-defense album, though. A (laughs) mosh into
1: the police. Um, but, uh, so anyway, so, they, so we tried to get them to let us to continue the show, and they weren't having it, and I discovered a, uh, a tampon. That was on the floor of the parking garage and i did not throw it aggressively at the cop but i <laughs> threw it in the general direction I used tampon, by the way. oh in the general direction of so, the cop very... like kind of down low lower towards the ground
0: like in front of them and we kept on insisting that they had dropped it yes so i was like oh you dropped that <laughs> And then then uh, the
1: cop, I remember, said to you, I'm going to make you eat that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That was a very Don Decker anal blast move there. Oh, Oh, anal blast. Oh, boy. loves, uh... (laughs) He loves,
0: loves loves periods. Okay, uh, so, um... Mine, and I also am not sure if I brought this one up yet or not, but... Um, I was still living in Chicago... Just out of high school, I was probably 18 or 19, and there was this amazing show. There's this band called Loaded for Bear in Chicago. Do you know, have you heard of them? I think so. Loaded for Bear uh, were like a really famous grindcore band in Chicago that almost never played shows. They'd play like one show every four or five years, and I was lucky enough to catch them. And they were playing at this place called the Cunt Collective. <laughs> um and it, it was like a, a feminist collective that was there it's pretty cool i miss house shows and house show and house names this place was like an apartment in chicago it wasn't even a house wow. like like we were playing in their living room so um the let me see if i can remember the lineup because it was like every awesome hardcore power violence grind band in chicago all in one there was sea of Shit who are still active socially retarded uh, it was Intifada's last show. Um, so, I don't know if you know, but in Chicago, the entire South Side is, like, all Latino hardcore. Oh, no, I didn't Like, if know you that. go to a South Side punk show in Chicago, like, the entire Chicago South Side, like, you're going to be a minority there. Like, it's almost all Latino kids, which is super cool. It's, like, all black and Latino punks. Wow. Which is awesome. That's cool. It's we so
1: unlike Minneapolis. Yeah, we which don't have like, that here. There's
0: no, like, there's no it, people of color. Dude, this scene is so white, man. That's the that's the only hockey town. But um, yeah, it, it was cool. So Intifada was like one of the really big. Uh, they call it Razakor, which means roughly hardcore of the people, which oh. is awesome. <laughs> um and. Uh, so it's Intifada, Sea of Shit, Socially Retarded, um, SFN from Madison, I think. I think they're from Madison. They're like a power balance band from Madison. Oh. Um, which is weird, because I kept bumping into the guy from SFN in the Chicago suburbs. I guess his girlfriend lived there, and I just run into him. At the train station, right? Yeah, at the train station. And uh, I'd be like, hey, you're in SFN, right? What are you doing here, man? Because oh. like, Madison's not close to Chicago at all. Um, and then um, closing out was uh, Loaded for Bear, and it was like just such a fucking killer lineup. And uh, when Loaded for Bear went on, they um, like launched like. Forty Like panties into the air Just like a big cannon of panties <laughs> In this person's living room Dude people are staged Like the kitchen was connected to it People were stage diving off the kitchen counter like, And like everybody was just like, sh- like Slingshot shooting these panties all over It was like one of the most insane moshes There's this guy His name was Eric Miller He was in the band um, Morbid Obesity I think they're still around too But he's like this big beefy dude Uh, Who had like A dread mullet And like Just like his whole body Was like Grindcore logo Like tattoos Like like, his friends Grindcore bands Just like this Big dude Giant dread mullet That's a lot of Grindcore logos He (laughs) he was He was probably uh, As big as you But like maybe even taller And he had panties Over his eyes And he was just Blindly (laughs) moshing Just like Mowing people down It was just like The craziest Fucking most Insane mosh. What, why did I think things. about just getting band logos tattooed everywhere? That's <laughs> a bad idea. <laughs> Poor choice. <laughs> okay, so now we're at the uh, more drought song. So why don't you uh, let us know what we're playing? And oh, I... you don't. No, I'll, I'll put it in post. Just oh. introduce it.
2: Oh, uh, I'm just picking something.
0: Yeah, whatever. Oh, I think Jesus. is a, a good thing to go out on. <laughs> No, you I've tell been... me later too. Yeah,
2: so we've been playing. um... God, getting ready for the freaking the set. Um... What are we playing? Oh, uh, let's do. I guess we'll go with the slower one. Um, for survival. Um, that was that's one of the songs. That was like the the second part of the, the record, which was, you know, kind of the second demo EP. Um, it was, I decided to write something a little slower tempo. Um, obviously the end gets a little faster, but I, uh, the, the funny thing is like, they were, I wrote this song and it, it, like, if you just look at the lyrics, you know, it's about a killer. I mean, it's all, it's, it's a killer, you know, stalking victims, but I, I literally, I wrote the lyrics, um, less than a month after my old cat died and about how uh like he was a super gentle giant and but he, he'd like killed two mice his entire existence and i just wrote it about him hunting a mouse but oh, just sounds like you know a killer just change it to... yeah <laughs> that's like, that's like I'm like it's literally about my cat
0: that's awesome <laughs> that's really great that's perfect because we're we're all cat lovers yeah. here. okay cool thanks we'll see you next time bye